0: So let's go ahead and chat with him. Hey, Chris, I think you're ready. I'm waiting for a sip. No sip. Oh, you're in. Oh, so close. So close. But yeah, next uh, time. yeah thank you for joining me. Um, where are you right now? Are you in Ottawa? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Ottawa at the moment. Yeah, um,
1: I'm, I'm in Ottawa most, most of the time. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm local to Ottawa. I was born, born and raised here. So I've uh, lived in and around Ottawa my whole life.
0: Really? So you didn't even leave for a little period of time? You could basically have been. I, I got
1: out a few times. Like, I mean, I've left for a God, weekend. And I got, got out like uh, to prior kind of for a little while. Like, uh, you
0: that after Eddie Rolling Hump? Thunder, that but different? no, I never
1: never went really far. I, I was like right, okay. stayed right in the middle of everything, even after everyone cleared out. And uh, there wasn't really like after the convoy left, there was a big vacuum here, right? Like there everyone was gone, and I I was living downtown at the time, so I was I was right in the middle of like I was sealed in by police lines, so I could I just kept going out and I never stopped.
0: That's very cool. But what am I doing? I'm, going to do, I'm going to kind of back you up before you became an advocate. So now we know you lived and you were born in Ottawa and you had all your school there. You went to Arm Prior which is just down the road, isn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 It wasn't too far. Yeah. <laughs> I was close enough that I was, I was out of the, you know, like I had to get away for a bit. i had to do that a few times. You know, that you, you stay in the middle of this, it, it starts to drag sometimes, but uh, I just needed to get away, but I wanted to be close. Right. So I could still come in pretty quickly. And, and so, so it worked out, gave me a little break and let me recharge. And, and refocus a bit
0: very cool very cool so let me ask you when was the first time you became an advocate or a protester or something like that when was the first time and then why was it because there was some sort of event that you saw and you said "I, i i want to protest that or did you just get wrapped up in a crowd of people of like minds and they were doing it kind of how did you first get involved
1: yeah i mean so i guess i would say i've been kind of politically inclined like i mean i've been paying attention to stuff for quite a long time like I've, okay. I've, I'm a carpenter. I self-employed most of my, most of my life. Um, had a daughter young. So, I mean, kind of uh, politics and what was going on in the world started to matter quite a bit. All know, right. And, so, you had things responsibility. Were changing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like in, in Ontario, running a business in Ontario, like the whole time under wind, like like every year got harder. Every year got more expensive. You know, I, I was noticing these things. Um, and I kind of kind of always spoke, spoke my mind. But before, no one was listening. I didn't really have a following. or anything. No one was listening to me. During the convoy I went out and uh, and started filming and and, and you know I kind of caught a bit of a wave there and suddenly I had a voice that people yeah. were listening to so I'm kind of it's evolved, but I think I've been kind of this of this mindset and doing this kind of thing or trying to for a while just all of a sudden I had the 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 timing and the ability and 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 the reach to to really do something with it and i just i just ran with it man um wasn't That's... really planned wasn't really uh wasn't really expecting it to turn into what it's turning into at all um I just just I felt like I needed to be out there and I needed to be showing what was going on. Um, and particularly so, when, when, when all the groups of people had left and it was only me, that's what really got me driving it. And, uh, for a while, I was kind of the only one down here filming for quite a while. So.
0: Yeah, we'll get more into the convoy and what you ended up doing there. But before the convoy, did you do any other advocacy? Was there any, other not, not in? um,
1: not specifically really. I mean, um, no, no, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd share, I gave my opinion and stuff, but, uh, but I wasn't out um, prior to I guess during lockdowns I started getting a little squirrely like I would go out and I'd go but before the convoy I'd go up by Parliament Hill and I'd you know I'd bring my flag sometimes I could get on sometimes I couldn't you know it was it was a weird scene but uh, like I was kind of in this position where I I didn't know what the heck to do or ha- how to fight what I could do to fight um, and then suddenly I was given the ability and, and a bit of a voice to do it so
0: Right. So that's when the convoy came in. So yeah. before the convoy came in, you were getting frustrated with mandates, facts, masks, and oh, stuff yeah, like that?
1: Yeah, it was, um, yeah <laughs> it was a pretty pretty wild time. Like I ended up in a little tiny place downtown Ottawa. I'm not, I'm not really a big downtown guy. I prefer to be in the outskirts of town or whatever. And uh, I was just, just in a little tiny place downtown. Everything was shut down. My business was shut down. Um, you know, you'd go out literally, you could walk into the middle of the street in downtown Ottawa in the middle of the day and just walk into the street. There was, there was like a ghost town. It was so bizarre, so bizarre. And I just couldn't get used to it. Like, 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 no matter what, I couldn't get used to it. And then we, you know, I ended up basically kind of stuck there for a year before the convoy came in. You know, like Everything closed, everything closed around me. Only things open were the, uh, the marijuana store and the, and the booze store.
0: Yeah, it's funny how they kept those you know, open. Couldn't even, couldn't even get
1: food after 5 o'clock. Like, it, was, it was wild around here. But...
0: Wow, well, yes, for sure. Now, when the convoy started, did you get wind of it? And were you paying attention yeah. to the stuff at that time? Yeah, like as soon as I to saw it,
1: yeah, as soon as I started seeing that it driving across the country, like I was, I was pretty pumped. You know, like, like a lot of people, I was watching the uh, the feeds and seeing the people on the overpasses and waving a man. Was I like I was more than ready when it got here. So like I was out the Thursday night before it arrived. Uh, the Friday when, when they finally before right before they closed Wellington, I managed to get through with a vehicle, drove through and took some video and stuff. And then like uh, yeah, I was I was one hundred percent ready to go when they got here. I was already
0: waiting. So were you listening to Zilio and that kind of thing? Like you're paying attention? Yeah, yeah, I
1: was just, yeah, well, I was, some of the channels there and then just watching on Facebook or whatever, social media. There's so, so much video and so much different stuff coming across. People were so excited. So it, uh, it was pretty, pretty inspiring time.
0: So at this time, were you advocating at all? Were you posting messages of support? Were you doing anything along Uh, those lines?
1: Not, not really. I mean, I was kind of just sharing the stuff that was coming across, but, um, what really got, yeah, yeah, sharing, and, and I mean, so at least people in, in my sphere at the time would have would have known um, mm-hmm. pretty quickly too. Like, like throughout that, you know, you kind of, I had kind of connected with with some like minded people. You could see see who out of your friend group was was of the same mind through this, you know, pretty quickly. So, um, what really got me out though, uh, like it was, it was the, the talk about the desecration at the memorial and at Terry Fox. That's what really irked me, because that's it's the place so re- that. Uh, since I've been downtown, like I I'd go for a walk every day. I've got uh, some, some body problems. It helps me to get up and move. Um, mm-hmm. So I would, go by the memorial almost every day, or I did back then, um, on my walk. And to hear them saying that it had been desecrated, just, no, no. So I took my camera. I just went out, and that, that was the first place I went. And uh, for, first interview I did, I had actually had broke broke my cell phone. Um, so I only had a forward-facing camera. So I just turned it on me and, and started talking. And that's how it all really started at the memorial for me. So.
0: So were you expecting to see a desecration then?
1: No, not at all. I was expecting to see exactly what I am. I and I got there. There was a guy who showed up with a, like a rucksack and a prayer mat and a drum. And he'd been there, I mean, all night already. He stayed for like 60 hours straight till more people came, you know, and then he started taking shifts and whatnot. But yeah, it was beautiful. It was immaculate, and beautiful, like it always is. Same with Terry Fox. Um, yeah. So, and then I, then but that was, I guess, the Saturday by then. So like, like there was already crowds gathering. It was a pretty... Pretty amazing, amazing atmosphere, and I just, just rolled with it. And I was lucky. I had a place close downtown, right, kind of in the middle of it. So I could go home and charge up batteries and, and warm up a little bit and then go back out, and I was able to go out at night and help quite a bit too. So during the day, i kind of film and do stuff, and at night, I'd go out and do more, more on-the-ground type logistical help on you know, my mm-hmm. area or whatever because there was, there was a ton to do, a ton to
0: do. To so you were day. there the Saturday when they rolled in, of course, so you saw them come in. So what was your position on all those Nazi flags that you saw everywhere? I didn't see one ever. So, Not even one?
1: <laughs> None. Zero. Zero. Yeah. Um, no, I was no, there the told. day the, uh, the Confederate flag popped up one day, um, but it, like, I didn't see it personally, but they, they dealt with that almost immediately and that, that was gone. But I never saw any, any, like, man, I saw tens of thousands of flags probably over all that time. Mm-hmm. Never once saw an offensive flag.
0: So you saw a lot of Canadian flags. You saw the F Trudeau flag. You even saw some pride yeah. Canadian flags, but you didn't see a Nazi flag.
1: No, no, not once. Just well, Just the one. Just the one picture that ever surfaced there. That uh, that was by the Chateau Laurier. But uh, yeah, it's the only one I ever saw, and I got banned for sharing it too. Story. About Did you it. really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you really? Well, Rebel ne- Rebel News was able to to kind of find out where that picture was taken from, and it, it was quite the story. It was taken from a closed off area that the public didn't have access to excuse me so I, I tried to share that and i mean it was a picture of the flag in the story or whatever got the boot
0: really and based on what because the flag itself was hate, hate symbol i guess yeah hate symbol yeah yeah i know that getter was was um censoring that my uh, gab wasn't but getter was and i was surprised about that because Getter's supposed to be a freer one yeah okay.
1: I, I think it's hold on I'm just gonna let my dog go yeah yeah
0: no worries yeah hi chris and jason from janet hey janet nice to meet you are you a friend of chris do you know chris do you know janet Bidor?
1: uh don't don't know it doesn't doesn't sound familiar but i meet a lot of people so sorry if i do know you
0: no worries thank you janet for that uh so you have a dog we know this now
1: yeah yes yeah i have a miniature australian shepherd people that follow me would know a uh, miniature Australian Shepherd, so Australian she's an Aussie shepherd. shepherd, but a little one. Yeah, people who follow me would know her. I take her everywhere with me normally. Very cool. The, she's the Freedom Doggo.
0: Awesome. So now we're at Saturday. There's no Nazi flags around. You're aware of one picture you posted it. You got yourself banned. That all that all happened on Saturday for you?
1: No, no, no. That was that was later on. Just just okay. reminded me of it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly the time frame of that. It was it was at least a week in. I think. Sorry to say, it was near the start though.
0: Okay, well that would they they wouldn't need the time to look into it, put that story together, and say what happened. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And that was yeah. Rebel, you said that had that.
1: Rebel. Well, the news came out. It was actually uh, I think it was a government photographer that ended up taking the picture that that surfaced. And well, that's um, what we
0: heard in the POEC. That's what. Yeah, had, yeah, and
1: um, and same with the first person who there was some weird connections with the first person who tweeted it as well. Um. But afterwards, uh, Alexa Lavois, I think it was the one that, that, that did some, some digging and was able to recreate the angle and find out where it was and, and kind of put a little bit more, more, uh, I guess, uh, more background into how that really happened, right? So it was only right. out and, and up, but like a short step, you know, one flight of stairs, and, and up, and, and it was gone, right? Like w- as soon as it appeared, it was gone. So
0: yeah, I think there it, was it, there was something
1: afoot there.
0: I would you say. think so? So the first yeah, yeah, day, the right. first hour, the first photograph, and then never again.
1: Yeah, just the one, and you, know, yeah, no, and no, no video ever either. And you know, like, I mean, if there was more; they would be out there for sure. They would be out there.
0: Yeah, well, if it was a part of the the yeah. convo, then yeah, you would saw them everywhere. You would yeah. saw tattoos yeah. and stuff, uh, but it obviously wasn't because it didn't come on a single truck. We didn't see it across Canada a single time. It was just that little corner at that moment, just at the very beginning, and then never again. Okay, so on Saturday, it's it seemed peaceful for sure for you. Like I don't think you were concerned about what was going on, but was it getting a lot bigger than you thought?
1: Um, yeah, it was pretty big. It, it, immediately, it was pretty big. Like I, I'm not sure if about those first days or two, but by, like by the second weekend, it was insanely large number of people. Um, and the footprint was big. Like like at first, I guess it was more spread out, but even as they condensed things in, man, it it was a huge footprint. Like it would take took a while to walk around all that area. Sometimes I never even get to everywhere in a day, you know. Um, it, was, it was a few blocks, you know, south and all the way down Wellington, both directions. So there was, there was a, a lot of vehicles. And depending on the time of day and, and the week, right, there was tons and tons of people that would come through, particularly on the weekends. Like, like Canada, more than Canada Day, I would say, normal, normal oh, really? Canada Days. Yeah, yeah, packed, just packed with people.
0: And did ah. you see much violence or people fighting or, or getting? Not, I honestly, know. I
1: I saw zero, like zero ever. I didn't even really see people getting out of hand really. Like people were excitable sometimes, but like if anybody would, would start acting at all silly, like somebody would jump and you know hit a sign, you know like, like kids do, whatever people do, and and right away somebody would be like, hey hey, calm down, calm down. So like like in my experience, everybody was 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 great. There wasn't really even, I didn't even notice any, like, you know, you get that many people, you might have some conflicting personalities here or there, you see some things. I didn't see any of that, any of that.
0: And you saw people with masks in the crowd? Um, Not generally.
1: Um, but I can't recall some. specifically, but there would, yeah, there would have been some. I, I don't, I never really paid so much attention to that. Um, Sometimes, like, depending, if the certain people, like, like, really dressed up with certain kinds of masks, like, sometimes they look like they're there to, you notice them, but I, I didn't really have any problems
0: You get to people with the black
1: masks and fully covered up though. in winter, like you don't, you know, now that I've, I've had some run-ins with Antifa, I'm more, more aware of these kinds of people, but, it uh, wasn't really an issue issue at the time. I didn't think.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll begin to them later. I'm sure. Especially with your safe Canada stuff. Um, So at this time, there's no violence and people with masks aren't being accosted. So people that are wearing normal COVID masks, they're not being accosted or anything?
1: Not in my experience. Like, that's not to say it never happened. I I, I imagine probably some people did say something somewhere or, you know, some people went into shops. but it was never like it was, it was portrayed. It wasn't like there was, you know, you walk in with a mask and suddenly you're going to get swarmed and attacked. Like, no, not at all. Somebody might say, why are you wearing a mask? Maybe. I didn't even witness that myself, but it was never like an aggressive attack or anything like that.
0: Right. I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, to kind of just leave it to what you did see, um, because speculation gets everybody in trouble. Yeah, of course. So you didn't hear anybody say anything like that. You didn't see anybody take a mask. You just assumed that the media was telling the truth sometimes, that maybe somebody did. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like you say, that's just But you didn't witness? No. Okay, cool. Cool. Because no. that's what I'm trying to hi- highlight here is what an actual eyewitness saw there. Yeah. Um, not yeah. necessarily.
1: Even with okay, shops cool. too, you know, there was a lot of talk about shops and, and people uh, giving shop owners a hard time. And I, I never experienced any of that either. Um, okay. There was people that would go into shops and not wear masks. Like that, that did happen. But, mm-hmm. but other than that, I never saw anybody going in and, and accosting anyone or giving anyone a hard time for, for a mask or no mask. If I had to go in the shop, I just got in when the shop got what I needed and left, right? Like, but that was my
0: experience at least. Okay. Well, can you share any experiences during the uh, convoy that did validate the narrative from the media? (sighs) Boy, you're going to have to stretch for that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't. It it was honestly like, like everything they said was so gaslighty. Like, like it was the polar opposite of what was going on. Complete polar opposite for my experience like for like everyone was was friendly there was there was every walk of life, every age race creed wh- whatever you want to, whatever you want to choose people from everywhere everyone was friendly people were talking to strangers people were sharing their stories they were healing, they were bonding you know the amount of people that that you know you're you you, you're hugging strangers you don't even know and bawling your eyes out you know sharing tragedies and and it was it was just all love to me. Wasn't always easy. And, and sometimes, you know, there, there's a lot of emotion. And people, have, you know, there's a lot of people were there for all kinds of different reasons. Some of some have been through real hell. You know, they've lost loved ones, they've, they've lost businesses, they've lost, lost so much. Um, family members not talking to them, you know, and, and they all came out together and, and were bonding. Like it, it was a truly incredible thing. Complete, completely the opposite of what was being portrayed by the media, by the legacy media.
0: For sure. Now, do you have family, uh, siblings, or anything like that in the city?
1: Yeah, I have uh,
0: I have a sister, and uh, my parents are are
1: in town, close to town.
0: Yeah. And then, so how was their reaction to the convoy? Were they for it or against it? Um,
1: I don't. They, well, I wouldn't say they were against it. Um, they didn't necessarily. They weren't maybe as into it as me. Um, sure. But uh, they but it was down, never. But... No, but it was never like it was never an issue for me and my my immediate family. Really, there was some some extended family members that were kind of kind of arguing about stuff and I'd block a couple of people maybe once, but. Uh, for as far as my family went, like I just you know, when I could I wanted to see my family and I did. And uh, and we didn't get into the into all the all the semantics of it, right? Like we were so isolated, man. I just, you know, I'd go meet my old man, we'd have lunch on the back of the pickup truck or something and uh like in the height of lockdown, so at least we still saw each other a bit. But we never got into the weeds about everything. Um, cool. My my mom, I kind of tried to my mom wasn't in the best health at the time, so I kinda of tried to insulate her from a bit of what I was doing, just uh Especially as it got towards the end, and sometimes I get into some hairy situations. I don't want to stress her out too much, so so Fair she enough. doesn't necessarily follow all the time. But uh, yeah.
0: should we ask her not to watch the rest of this episode? No, no, no. To? This is this is this will be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we're gonna get into some of the dangers that you do face when you're dealing with uh, protesting <clears throat> yeah. and anti-protesters. All right. So right now you're in a party mode. The 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 convoys in town, music's blaring, people are dancing no violence that you're seeing Nobody's being accosted that you're seeing relatively it's a very safe Canada day in the middle of February is that kind of a good assessment at this point
1: yeah yeah I felt yeah I felt safe everywhere I went honestly and I'm uh I'm kind of a, a bit of a squirrely guy you know I always had on a swivel looking at, at what's going on around me and, and I never felt so safe in my life I put, you know my back exposed to thousands of people I don't know screaming yelling, no problem like I was just calm cool it was it was amazing um <laughs> Plus there was, you know, there was nice nice area set up. There's different people had little tents, you know, you got little fires. If you needed a bite to eat, you know, there was always food, hand warmers, like like anything you could have possibly needed was down there. Fellowship, companion, you know, like you could go talk, you could eat, you could get warm, whatever you needed, you could get it taken care of down there. So
0: very cool. Now you met Alex Cabana over the fence. So you were there? For, is that how you guys met?
1: Yeah, I um, I met Alex on one of the first days actually. Um right just by a little fire actually in front of the hill in front warming up our our hands over fire and uh he's the first interview i did first interview i did like uh publicly or whatever so that was pretty cool and i got to know alex quite well throughout this i ran into him quite a few times and and since i've gone to know to know alex quite well but he was uh first first vet or second vet maybe that i met but first first person i interviewed and and first vet that i interviewed so and i ended up getting quite close to, to quite a few members of Guys that were involved, a deep breath and whatnot. So great. That was uh, that was a lot of my time was spent doing stuff like that too.
0: So you're calling him your first interview. So was this your first time you started doing the streaming stuff, or were you doing other things and then he's just the first person you interviewed?
1: Yeah, no, I that, it was first first interview, first I think second video I posted probably. um, Before before I started filming and the convoy, I used to take pictures of, of jets, like military jets. for fun. Oh, cool. so like I used to, I've always taken pictures video and stuff so i've been doing that a long time but just just kind of as a hobby um i'd kind of been studying it a little bit so that that kind of prepared me a tiny bit for this but uh it was just uh just just nice to be able to to get in and start doing something different and and i i honestly love this like i've always taken pictures and video my whole life i've done that just it interests me so this kind of just was a natural progression it's nice people listen and it's uh it's pretty wild. It's weird to get used to, but uh, like to be able to, to give people a voice is an incredible thing, because it's it's not really about. I mean, I'm I'm front and center in some of the stuff, but it's not really about me normally. And You're and I like that. <laughs> I like I like to be able to. Yeah, you know, you would yeah, you would understand, <laughs> right? Like to be able to turn that around and, and let people get their stories out. Like it makes such a world of difference for people to feel listened to. For years, you know, people have been shut down and, and beat down and and just they don't feel heard, right? So if somebody puts a camera on them. They, they feel like somebody is listening and paying attention. They're able to get out get out some, some stuff that's stuck in there and it makes a real difference for people. So I really, really enjoy that aspect.
0: That's very cool. So your interview with Alex, was it like a full proper one? You, you planned no, to interview no, him? Or no, it just no, it was just
1: like 30 seconds in front of a fire. He, uh, um, I just asked him about the memorial. That's why okay. I'd gotten down there and, and then to meet a vet right away was, was, was perfect timing. And uh, he was down there for the same reason. He wasn't really an internet guy or whatever, but he made a YouTube and, and a, a YouTube channel. He's an internet guy now, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, he posted too. So we kind of were doing the same thing, just coming at it from different angles, and, and ended up meeting. So
0: that's really cool. And then you've been friends basically ever since then.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So what was your okay? So you may have had a video before Alex. You did the thirty seconds with Alex. What was your next video that you did? Who did you turn it on to next? Um, yeah,
1: I don't even know, honestly. It's, so long ago it's hard to remember, I, I was just kind of like, like filming everything that was going on man
0: um, so you're just you just know, people playing electric
1: guitars they, like I got the American and Canadian anthem on electric guitar, you know, obviously, at the start, there was a lot of honking, a lot of honking, a lot of dancing, um, <laughs> got some fireworks, uh, all kinds of different stuff and uh, during the day, I would just I would go out, like, you could only get about twenty minutes like, man, twenty minutes maybe before my phones would freeze, and, and like once those batteries get cold, they stop working pretty much. Right. So like the batteries would die incredibly quick. <laughs> Excuse me. So even with, with warmers and I keep them in my pocket, but I get like twenty minutes of filming. So I was kind of uh, kind of pretty selective sometimes about what I did, but like I just go and try to try to get some stuff out and it wasn't really it wasn't until later on that I really started getting a following. So I don't know how many people were really watching at the start to be honest. Um, Great. Right. I was just kind of doing it. I put my video on and I just kept going on about my business. I wasn't really, really engaging a whole lot.
0: Okay. Now, did you get anything that went viral? Like did you get anything that kind of moved?
1: Um, yeah, there were there were a few things and, and I mean, yeah, particularly two at the very end, right, after uh, after that police action. Like I was right uh right in the middle of all that for kind of two days. So um I had a few videos that kinda of blew up. Um there was a time I talked to actually ran into Viva Fry too, and that, that helped me quite mm-hmm. a bit in uh, in kind of giving me the initial push with some of my channels. Um i had been following him for a little bit. I, I ran into him downtime, almost put my coffee on him. We had a little chat, oh, wow. and there was like thirty thousand people or something watching his stream. So, uh, so yeah, that helped a little bit.
0: Kind of gave me a little boost. Kind of
1: gave a I actually met him twice. First time, I was so new to this, I didn't even remember to give my channel or or anything. And then I ran into him again, and and luckily, I did the second time. Remember, but
0: your <laughs> quick study is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> terrible for plugging myself. Yeah, you have to learn quick doing this.
0: For sure. And by the way, my shows are 6pm uh, Mountain Time, 8pm Eastern. Yeah, you yeah, go. Start of plug it right now. Um, okay, so now you met Viva Fry and he kind of blew you up. Uh, he was You were on his channel. People got to find you. A lot more people followed you. And at that point, did you think to yourself, hmm, maybe I should put some effort into this and start doing this? Or was it just more uh, like a hobby at that point where you would just capture? Yeah, to start it very
1: much, I think I wasn't expecting it to really continue. I mean, I was going to take advantage of what I did and share my experience, but it was more just to, just to document and share, share my experience really. Um, And that was as much for me. Like, like I said, I kind of did that kind of stuff before. So like, I sort of had my whole life in in pictures and and video, and this was just a continuation of that. But um, once, once the convoy is cleared out and I was one of the few people left, then then it became abundantly clear that there was a vacuum there. And and if I, you know, somebody wasn't out filming this stuff and, and showing what was still going on, then, then a lot of it wouldn't be shown. So that's when I kind of started, uh, started changing and thinking more long-term about this.
0: Okay. So when they cleared it out, you lived downtown, so you saw access to it. Is that why you were there? Yeah,
1: exactly. I was like, uh, I was like just, just a block away from like the, the hard police line, like you could not get in. And then on the other side, there was more barricades and stuff around me, roaming bands of police wandering the streets and stuff like that. So I was kind of sandwiched in between police lines just outside the, the, uh, the red zone.
0: Okay. Now, were you in the push at all? Did you have the police grab you, move you, anything yeah. like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was So the, the Friday, the first day, um, I spent that day on the war memorial. Um, and okay. I was just kind of filming. And, and we weren't sure how far they were going to come, right? So that first day, they didn't push through too far. They stopped uh, shy of the memorial. Um, the next morning, though, they took it and spent right. the whole day pushing through the streets. So that whole day, basically, I, I was out getting like so, slowly pushed back uh, all the way into the evening, into dark, really. Uh, that was the second day. Was absolutely wild. Honestly, uh, it was violent on their on their fine. part, not ours.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: there was some really nasty stuff that happened. Um,
0: well, what did yeah. you happen to you, and what did you witness? You could go I, into that. I
1: luckily I got out. I mean, relatively unscathed physically. Um, it's, it's definitely messed me up a little bit seeing that seeing seeing that happen in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was I was up up the hill. Like I didn't see it like right close, but when the horses moved in there, I, I was nearby. Um, the second day when uh, when they were pushing down Wellington Street in right like right in front of Parliament Hill, um, that's when Alexa Lepa got uh, got nailed in the leg. I was I was yep. maybe hundred feet back at that point from where she was, and uh, when they, she came out, I kind of went in and found some other rebel news guys in there after that. But we just kept getting pushed back all day all day down around the corner similar situation like that and I, I got out you know a few times but it was kind of weird like so they would push and there'd be like a lot of real real hectic action and then there'd be like okay kind of they'd stop and they'd line back up and maybe swap in and out their people or whatever and you yeah. have a bit of time to pause and, and think and, and then people would go in and talk but then all of a sudden they'd start moving again and it was like it was serious it was serious.
0: Well, what we heard from Alex yesterday was that's part of the design. So what they do is they will swap out so that the, the meaner fresher guys can be in there and then they just swap yeah. them again. Well, you could, so, you could
1: tell the toll it was taking on them too. Like sometimes they'd have to swap people in like, like individually in and out. And then, and then sometimes they'd swap whole columns in and out or, but you could see like in real time, some people, some police breaking, like, like they were, those guys were getting injured, moral injuries. I don't know what you would call it, but
0: you tell some so, of them
1: th- that some of them were not okay the police i mean too
0: you mean emotionally or something like that yeah yeah
1: emotionally yeah 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 there was it seemed like there was a few different types of police like there were some that that like looked like they were happy to be there a few there was a yeah. lot that just looked like shocked they didn't know what to do some people were like holding batons you know and they they were shaking like this holding their batons like it's three or four types kind of that i that i identified pretty quickly but, uh, like for everyone, that, it, was a, it was a completely un, unbelievable scene. like, And to be happening in Canada and in and, and my city, nation's capital, it it's, still boggles my mind that it that it could happen or that it did happen.
0: Now, did you witness anybody? Did you witness the horse trampling? Did you witness anything? N- not
1: close. Um, I mean, I, I saw a guy get shot with a, uh, a rubber bullet man standing up on a thing. It drilled him. He fell right off a barricade. Um, Saw people get pepper sprayed, or, or I think it was pepper spray. Uh, you know, coming out with their eyes all covered. I, you know, I saw the guys come through, man. And when they started pushing, like the, I think it was RCMP, they had like four-foot wooden sticks. They were beating people with as they pushed forward. Yeah. Like it was no joke, man. No joke at all.
0: Yeah, I remember watching that whole. Doosh, doosh, that yeah, kind of thing. yeah,
1: yeah. That that part, particularly down that street, that was some of the some of the worst violence I found. But it was uh, it was pretty nasty at times.
0: And they yeah. were violent. Then, anybody, women sh- and the men and yeah, everyone. Way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Wounded veterans, uh, like women, children. Didn't matter. didn't matter.
0: Now, was the crowd pulling injured people out, or were injured people being captured by the police and then taken away?
1: It, it, it would depend. So sometimes the police would would come and they would try to surround and pull like pull people in behind the line. But for the most part, if people got pepper spray, you know, they the people would just kind of pull them out and you didn't have to get too far back before you were you were semi safe for a few minutes. Um, In my experience, most of them were kind of pulled out. But uh, who who knows? Like the police would advance. And and once people, like they'd they'd come and they'd scoop people behind their line, right? That's where you see some of the videos of people taking rifle butts and and getting meat in the chest and, Mm -hmm. and some real nasty stuff that they were doing.
0: Now, I can imagine as people were being injured and being pulled out, other people came in behind them and took their spot. So you guys were recycling people kind of like they were, just not on a clock like they were doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that very much happened, right? So if uh, people would go in and spend their time, like you can't be there nonstop. It's it's just too much. So people go in, they do their thing, or have their words with the police, or whatever they wanted to do. And you, yeah, yeah, it's it kind of kind of swapping out. But there's always always a good number, like a decent number of people holding the line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. got less and less as as the time went on, obviously. But uh, yeah, there's still still quite a few people.
0: Now we heard that many times. Hold the line. Hold the line. A lot of people saying hold the line. Was there any advancing the line? Did you guys ever make steps forward and push them back at all? Um
1: no, not that. That I, I saw one video where it kind of looked like it was, but but it wasn't really the case. It's not like the the lines were never pushed back. Um, I don't. T- people weren't advanced. weren't aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very much a we're going to stand and and we'll take what comes to us. But it wasn't a. Uh, there was no aggression on on the other side, right? There was no pushing. There was no no trying to knock police back. No trying to you know. There was, there was a lot of people. I mean, people decided they wanted to go nuts. I mean, that, that was a concern, obviously, but it never happened, at, at least that I saw.
0: Right. So you didn't see anybody, say like, screw it, and he, like, charges oh, in no. or no. brave-hearted or something. No. No,
1: and, and it's the complete opposite. Like, in fact, when people, like, you know, there's times where they were taken down, like when Chris Deering got taken down, um, you know, and, and there's the facts with his brothers with him, and, and, like, I mean, they stood there and, and had to watch. It's not like those guys didn't want to go. Like, of course, yeah, tell, but but, but it was right. imperative that no one did, right? So, and no one did at all.
0: Well, was that like, were people told, or was it just naturally happening? This was just what people were doing.
1: Yeah, I don't remember having any specific conversations about any of it. Um, it yeah, just I seemed to be imagine... understood. Like, like we just knew. And, and and I mean, it makes sense, right? If if we stepped out of line at all, it would be over for us. If anybody got violent, if if any. Any incidents like that happen, then, then everything that they were trying to say about us, that they would suddenly be right, even if they weren't. Um, and it just—it would have been the end of us. We had to—we had to be peaceful. It didn't, so the, wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked any
0: other way. That's interesting. So normally with a men, mob mentality, they go crazy. Normally, a mob will people will do things in a mob that they never normally would do in a negative but you're telling me that there was like a mob mentality to be peaceful and to take the hits. Cause this is what we heard from Chris Deering. Like he said, I went there knowing I'm going to get beaten down, but there was no meeting. There's no meeting that said, Hey, this is going to happen to you. Don't swing at them. Like there was no coordinated effort to make the crowd act a certain way. It just naturally organically evolved to be a peaceful, but I would say kind of meek, right? You're not going to advance it. Yeah. Meek's meek's a good
1: word. Like, like the true version, I mean, some people might use the that biblical yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. The biblical version, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the biblical version, yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like he 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 who has a sword and keeps his sword sheathed.
0: Exactly, so that's what I'm kind of get at, because meek will inherit yeah. the earth. True meek, not the current definition, which is weak. The true meek means, yeah, you'll stand, near your, stand your ground, you won't bow, but you won't be the violent one, and you'll be rational and smart about it. Because frankly, if they're attacking you, they look like attackers and the aggressors. Yeah. And, and that's um, what
1: we had to make them look like, right? You had to show them for who they are. And, and same afterwards, it's been the same, that same, at least for me, that same mentality is, is pushed through. Right. And it's a lot, you know, and you know, take out some of the emotion makes it a lot easier too now. But uh, like always, like the, the police in Ottawa, they're, they're aggressive. They're, they're, they're standoffish. For a long time, we were targeted. Um, and it had to be the same thing. Like we could not react. They're trying to, trying to provoke reactions.
0: Yeah, and then what Alex was even saying was was, there's PSYOPs. So they needed the the visuals. You guys needed the visuals. One of you were going to win. Either they were going to get the visuals of you attacking them or you are going to get the visuals of them attacking you. I'm just really intrigued how that wasn't a conversation amongst the crowd or even passed around that we need to do that. Because I can tell you from where I was in Alberta, I had the same instinct. The same instinct was don't block an ambulance. Don't hit a cop be meek and it seems like everybody kind of figured that out somehow and then executed on it you, you yeah. saw that yeah yeah here be just one second yeah yeah. Uh, you go on you go on <coughs> there's dogs outside be...
1: dogs inside yeah yeah hold on yeah she, she, yeah, yeah. Bibi, come on girl come on it's, it's... it's okay Up. she's a vo- she's a vocal dog here, yeah yeah
0: okay. maybe she wants to be on yeah here we go yeah, you guys some the um, followers. Yeah,
1: so so like, I I honestly don't remember having a single conversation. Like we talked about it quite a bit afterwards. Um, about how we had to remain peaceful, about about how this is how it had to go, and and that's why I mean that's woke the world up, right? Like the the reason that this was all so shocking is because how peaceful and and the reaction when when we were, we were pushed, we were hit, we were gassed, we were whatever right. you name it. Your name and we, called, and we your took
0: vilified. It.
1: Yeah. Yeah, threat- threat- threatened, there. yeah. Threatened too. We we knew that our, like we had friends and, and people that we were seeing their bank accounts were getting seized. Um, you know, they were hit pieces on everyone. They're, they're attacking people. They um, I had the police show up they at they my door afterwards. Them. So like, like the intimidation was real. The, uh, the, the threats were real. The violence was real from them. And, uh, and there was some major concerns that they would come after you, you know, like, uh, Acting chief Bell, the auto police chief at the time, um, he came out and he said that he's going to use every resource he has to track down every single person involved. Like, like you're going to hunt them to the ends of the earth, basically. Just threatening huge swaths of the population. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, like there was
0: some, it was some really serious stuff. Now you believed him he was kind of talking like that or was it? Well, I know he, know he sent involved? two
1: officers to my house one time. So, I mean, for me, I believed it for sure.
0: Um, Sorry. Why did he send two officers to your house? They
1: called it a wellness check. But uh, I called them. I called them out like, publicly. I didn't threaten them or anything, but I said, "Listen, I'm like, what? Don't threaten the populace. Like, y- you're the chief. Like, start start acting like a reasonable human being. Do your job. Respect the people and quit threatening everyone. Like, if you want to, if you want to have conversations, like, we're all here. Like, you can you can talk to us. But and then I got home and two minutes, not even two minutes after I got home, I police. So they knew where I was, or, or I, I don't even know really how they how did, how that all went down, but. That that actually shook me more than at the time. That was right after a day or two after the uh, the place had been cleared out, and that shook me more than the violence at the time. The fact right, that the police would show up at my door like minutes after yeah. after I just made a statement like that shook me to my core. Actually, like it. it
0: so you were online and made to... a statement, and then they showed up. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, I was just
1: standing on Bank Street, man, and just did a live video or whatever, and and literally within minutes of me getting home, they were they were at my door.
0: So really. Yeah. Hmm. And you think it's because yeah. of your statement or statements? Maybe this Yeah, I imagine ones? so.
1: Yeah, I don't see what else it could have been. They called it Ooh. a wellness check, right? They weaponized a wellness check on you. I've heard stories of that before, but it was my first yeah, experience personally. Well,
0: so they ended up leaving, didn't do anything, but they kind yeah, of.
1: Yeah, I, um, there was one officer that really didn't look pleasant, but uh, the, the other officer that came, um, he, he took the call and came specifically. Like, he wanted to, he made sure I was okay, kind of. Like he didn't want some other guy coming, and and I believe, like I trust, that's what he told me, anyways. But I, I believe it to be true that he said he was going to uh, to resign after the call. He's going to turn in his badge and his gun. Really? So he he came out and, and took that call, and I guess he knew of me or, or knew. I mean, lots of police know of me. I guess even at that point, but uh, so it seemed like like that was kind of one solid last thing he could do, and, and he'd had enough. He was done after that. So kind of a, a crazy experience, but even in that in that. Intimidating and, and shocking experience. There was there was something kind of kind of meaningful there. Well, let me actually. ask you about
0: this because a little sidetrack. Yeah, beautiful. But let me ask you, uh, sidetrack this. Do you? Okay, you said beautiful, so you, you supported his decision. But I'm going to wow. pose a problem because if all the good people walk away, what are you left with?
1: Yeah, I've I've discussed that too. Like if then yeah. you then you have a leadership vacuum, and yeah, that that's a really complicated issue because. Yeah, the and and there are, the there, ones
0: that aren't going to stand up and the ones that will do whatever yeah and,
1: and that, i think that has been a problem in, in in the police service right and and at the time too there's a lot of officers that maybe are back now but were suspended at the time um mm. for various reasons so yeah that's definitely a concern i, I just mean like touch, that was touching for me personally like yeah like no, the, the i God the cared and it. did it but yeah. you're, you're absolutely right because i've discussed that with people before if all the good leaders disappear then they're just going to put in you know it's like in war right if 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 they tell you to to run your man up the hill and it's going to be, you're all going to die, whatever. If you say no, they're just going to put in a guy who's going to do it anyways. But if you maybe if you stay in, maybe you can affect some type of difference. Maybe you can make a difference. Maybe you can make a change from the inside. It's hard to know what to do in those situations. But I think everybody has a line where it's like, no, okay, too much. I can't stay. Like,
0: I guess we all have that
1: line somewhere.
0: Well, depending on the financial situation, mortgage, yeah. family, broken home, not, there's a whole bunch yeah. of things that get in the way on that one. Yeah. Now, I interviewed uh, Rick Abbott. So Rick Abbott was Staff Sergeant at the Edmonton Police Services. Um, well-respected, high up in the ranks, doing really, really good in his career. He went down and talked at Milk River, and he said, you guys need to stay peaceful. Don't do anything bad. And he also stood up for some of his officers who were being forced to eat in the shame room. This is what they had in the police station, the shame room, which are the unvaccinated uh, officers where they have to eat because they can't eat with the rest of them. So he stood up to the shame room and keep in mind, he is vaccinated. So he's not like anti-vaccine and thing like that. He's vaccinated, but he didn't think that was a proper way to treat people. So he stood up for that and he made that speech in uh, Milk River. So they fired him, um, got rid of him. So, and what he explained to us was they were like 99% compliant in the police force. They did the vaccine. They were doing whatever they're told. It was just a small group that didn't. And then he kind of highlighted how all that you're left with are the officers that take orders and that are compliant, not the ones that stand up because they were conditioned by watching. First, before he was fired, there was another officer fired for not vaccine. So they made an example out of him. Then they had the shame room. And then they get rid of the staff sergeant that stands up. Shame him. room. That's unbelievable. That's what they called it. Yeah, the shame room. Yeah. Uh, and the police, these are the people that you would expect to be adults, but here we are, the shame room. Um, and then they get rid of him for trying to fix all that. That scared me because once you end up with our officers that think you should be wearing a mask and complying just like they did, the entire force complied like they were told to. So they're expecting the public to do exactly that. I was concerned about that because you don't get discretion, the proper discretion on the street anymore. Were you concerned about that as well when you are seen these OPS officers do their thing? That maybe uh, it's just the rough guys left, or this one officer that came yeah. to your door. Kind of there there your was times like where
1: I definitely had concerns like that, um, particularly afterwards um, with with the officers that were left and some of the some of the people on the beats downtown. Like mm-hmm. I was having repeated, not only me, but me and me and my friends, people I know downtown, repeated run-ins with similar officers and, and same problems, like officers that that really had a chip on their shoulder. I mean, there was ones that that, that openly admitted to selectively targeting us, saying right. that they're gonna keep doing it. Um they were there was a lot of guys that were that were definitely operating outside the law at times. Like like there was some nasty stuff that happened. And and we were for sure being targeted. And the laws were being selectively enforced and applied. So for sure. so there there was that that concern there. Um, I found at least lately, maybe that's a change in in my tact and and the relationships I've I've redeveloped. But I've been I've managed to rehumanize the police quite like for me.
0: Uh, Good, that was be my I've gone to know quite
1: a few quite a few different police officers. Even some of the ones I've had issues with in the past, we're we're at a point where like we can talk. Like they'll say, "Hey, Chris," or whatever or whatever they say. They don't flip me off. Or you know, for a while they would, gosh, would beep their sirens at me and like.
0: Mm-hmm
1: me like one guy like, gave me the finger like driving by you know you don't expect they would give honks, you the right? finger but, oh yeah man or, or or honk the sirens at me and, and scare the shit out of me when I'm walking down scare the crap out of me when I'm walking down the street or whatever so it was a little little interesting for a while but it's it's very different now um I don't know how there's a few things there so I, I have made a very strong effort to to work and, t- and communicate and, and deal with the police like in good faith
0: um, liaison, yeah,
1: the liaisons and other officers, if they're around, whoever,
0: but, whoever. I but I mean, to. your action is liaison. You're you're trying to talk yes. to them and connect. Them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the police
1: liaison teams have to do that as well. So I've yep. gotten to know a few of those. Um, I think they've also gotten to know kind of who I am and what I'm doing. Like you're not going to ever really have a problem with. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to be the guy that's standing there just screaming and yelling at a cop for any reason, really. Um, if something goes down, I mean, I used to be way more emotional about it. I'm still an emotional guy. But uh, unless they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, they're gonna never have a problem with me. You don't want to end up on the other side of my camera or getting a getting a you know getting a earful. Then then just stay inside the law, do your jobs,
0: be fair. Fair enough.
1: You know what? the and law. Think,
0: and then that's their argument to you too: stay on the right side of the law, and you won't have much yep. of a problem. Uh, so you've rebuilt basically relationship relationship with the community police officers for you.
1: Yeah, for for me, yeah, and and I think that personally was hugely important for me because uh, you know I grew up. I, people in the police force I I always had kind of a a healthy respect for law enforcement um whether that was earned or not that's that was the case for me and uh this really really changed things for me it was really weird particularly with some police forces like like you know I saw some RCMP guys do some nasty nasty stuff I saw some Ottawa police and, and some other police forces do some nasty nasty stuff and uh it really shook, shook kind of some of the foundations and, and some of the ideas that I had about what police were and, and how they worked and, and what, you know, what was and wasn't maybe possible.
0: Did you have any interactions with the OPP in the city?
1: Um, so the OPP were, were more or less like perimeter. Like, so they, right. they had they, the blockades they and stuff. So I did, but it wasn't like, let's say it wasn't adversarial. They, they were armed and blockading the streets, but um, it was different. They weren't the ones like, like moving through beating people up. They were kind of there afterwards. It was more like like traffic and 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 containment and stuff like that. So, um, I found out honestly through through all of this the the OPP and through the the uh, the Public Order Emergency Commission they they actually struck me as fairly professional. Um, out, of, out of the police forces that I saw, it was nice to see that that there's some talented good people. I think doing some really good work still um, compared to to the Ottawa Police and some of the looks we got inside here and some of the stuff going on at RCMP, the the, uh, the OPP seemed to come across as, as professional and reasonable for the most
0: part. Well, we heard that, yeah, like you said, the POEC, and what we heard from the OPP was they were attempting to help the OPS, and even at times the OPS was requesting to do things that the OPP said, no, that's illegal. Um, we heard about one plan that the OPP basically shut down. Uh, they were looking for approval from the OPP, and they didn't get it. And the OPP then insinuated that they were kind of looking closer at the ops for what they were planning to do um nothing much happened after that because that was on the 13th and then the 14th the uh ea comes down and then everybody's going squirrely at that point um but i think your assessment was right uh um, so when you're saying other police forces you're actually talking about like york and uh vancouver yeah yeah Calgary. york
1: peel yeah yeah whoever the the, when they're they're being they the forces that i saw that brought in yeah and, and that was, and that, I guess that was by design, but particularly at the end, a lot of the people that were making the push would have been police forces from, from elsewhere.
0: Correct. And that's design. So we heard that. From yeah. Yeah. Al- by design. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't have your local person who may know you do anything. They bring yeah. You and who screen has screen. to live with
1: in the community afterwards. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the beefs here in Alberta by having Alberta RCMP are they're from all over Canada. They're not local boys. Okay. So they're policing us with people from all over Canada. So there's no community connection to these people.
1: And yeah, I think that's yes. part of
0: the design. Because when you have community connection, you'll have, Jim, I know you don't do that. Or Bob, you know us. And you have those kind of things. But not when they're from out of town, you don't.
1: Yeah, yeah you yeah, get yeah, like cool. a yeah, the more, more community-based, proactive type policing when it's when it's someone from the community in the community.
0: Yep, yep. And I think Alex even identified that as the strategy. So they had the local police at the front line and then they swapped them out and brought the other guys in that did the pipe hitting, I think yeah. is what we refer to it as. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, they were bringing them in from Quebec even or from wherever. You know, they got those green goblins in those suits. Everyone thought those guys were UN. That was surete to Quebec.
0: Yeah. <laughs> those, guys, heard...
1: those guys are serious though, man.
0: Yeah, so the uh, Quebec police, they have that, what the riot police or whatever they want to call it. But yeah, I hear they're, they're very... Very rough.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'd heard, I mean, I've had, here, I'm from Ottawa, right? So we're, we're pretty close to Quebec, just a stone still away. Um, so, like, uh, growing up, like, we've always heard stories about Serté de Quebec, man, like, like and, and Quebec police being something else. But uh, those guys, man, they were like full, full riot gear, man, huge helmets. And it was quite the scene to see them dressed like that, man. Looked like they were wearing bomb outfits almost. Like, it was nuts. Yeah. Like full shields, heavy, 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 heavy armor, whatever it was.
0: Yeah, you guys were that dangerous for sure. Those hot yeah. dogs and those wild. guys. I had to get
1: like, I had to get like right up. I went right up and this close to them. They had like, you know, greened out patches. You couldn't, you, know, you couldn't see their names. Couldn't see what their patches were. I had to get about, you know, about this close to finally figure out who they were. I wanted to know who the heck was attacking us.
0: Yeah. Do you got video of that? Do you have some video of all that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, 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 for sure. God, I've got some, got tons and tons of video. There's probably tons of video that, that I never even like. There's lots of video I never posted. That I never even, may have never even watched. It sounds like you're getting
0: ready for releasing a new video or something. Never before seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exclusive. (laughs) Exclusive. Come watch now, 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 now.
1: (laughs) The stuff is kind of time-set. That's sometimes my problem, eh? Like, the stuff is somewhat time-set. you got to get it out as close to when it happens, and like, you know, it gets so busy, like piles of stuff that never gets out.
0: <clears throat> for sure for sure so now what we got uh, out of you is the convoy thing is over the police had done their push they came and knocked on your door They started flipping the bird bow, bow, while you're walking down the street waking you up and then uh, you kind of you know smoothed over the relationship they had enough of these with you they kind of figured out who you are things are getting a little bit better when does a uh, biker's church come into the picture for you so um I ended up at
1: Biker's Church probably before Rolling Thunder so not too long well, after, after the convoy, convoy but before Yeah, started. I didn't know know about it at the time but uh I found it very very shortly after and um man and like like God said like it, the timing was was perfect. I I needed I was in a, I was in a rough shape like like I'd, I'd been through a bunch. I didn't know what the next step was. I was kind of just on my own and lost in the city. Didn't really know what to do and um I went in on a yeah, it was right around Rolling Thunder. Let's let me dog it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right... There's a, a thunderstorm right now. She's she's a little scared.
0: She's an advocate. So... She's advocating for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It's okay, yeah. BB. It's
0: okay. Go ahead and grab her if you it's want.
1: Okay. It's okay. She's scared of thunder, this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah sorry. What was I saying? What were you saying?
0: <laughs> no, we were just working our way through uh, Biker's Church. So you found yourself there wandering. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I went in the first
1: time, kind of uh, kind of went on my own basically, um, and like, man, did I have an experience? Holy cow! Went in I've, and like, I've, I was just, I was just overcome. Like,
0: now this time did you in. know like, about it, or did you? Just no, find no, it?
1: no. I just heard about it. So I'd heard from different people from the convoy and from the community. So like, I did, you know, I need something. I'm gonna go check this out.
0: Okay, and, so you uh, heard about and it man, and you went there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I walked in the door. I didn't last maybe more than fifteen or twenty minutes the first time. Um, I got in and, and I just I was overcome, overcome man. Um, so I ended up just I had my moment, I left, and then I came back the next Sunday, I guess it was, and then I just never stopped, never stopped. Now, what do
0: you think that so, moment was? Relief, fear, yeah, uh, anxiety, yeah, was,
1: like, everything. Yeah, just just unloading of of all that stuff that was inside me, man. It was like uh, the spirit came down and just touched me, and, and I just I just let loose. I'm almost gonna cry talking about it.
0: No, well, it's that's how much it, it means was. Uh, it was it sure. was pretty cathartic, honestly, like it.
1: Hard to explain, like unless unless you've had an experience like that, and I've seen other people have very similar experiences there, you know where they're just people are bawling, bawling,
0: yeah, now were you a religious person before? do you have faith before you went there?
1: um yeah, so so I guess God found like it'd been a journey, maybe maybe six seven years. I kind of like for for my earlier life i I kind of I don't know if I had met like a bunch of people who had called themselves Christians, but really didn't didn't live up to what I thought that meant, I guess. So okay. I kind of like like dismissed it. I kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater when I was younger. I thought it was smarter than all that, and I kind of uh, Did we all? yeah, yeah, I know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was going through one heck of a hard time early on in my life, earlier in my life, five, eight years ago, whatever it was. Um, and and I just didn't know what was going on. I was studying. I studied psychology, trying to figure out figure out what was wrong with me, what was happening, and and I kind of psychology and science my way closer. And then, and like in my darkest moment, man, all of a sudden there was a light. I didn't know, like, wow. just boom, like, and, and from then on, I just, I've, it's been a journey. It's been a path, but I've been, I've been out searching um, till I found Biker's church and then I, you know, found Jesus. It's been, been quite an incredible journey and, and I'm still early on on this. So it's, it's uh, still learning. It's, it's, it's quite an experience, honestly.
0: It's been incredible. Well, and, and Pastor Robin, Melissa baptized you. Did you a baptism Yes. You? Yes.
1: Yeah. So I did that. um that's was quite a while ago now, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, in the biker's church. So that's, that's something I'd wanted to do for a long time too. Um, i never really sure how to go about doing it or whatever, but it's something that that had been in the back of my mind for, for a number of years. And then uh, once I found that church and, and found out they do that water baptisms then that, uh, I knew right away, it was, uh, I was going to be something I wanted to get done. So
0: you wanted the hot tub, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny, changed. Man. Like, like I'm
1: kind of a, kind of a girly guy and, uh, and leading up to that, like, like that baptism, I was, I was overthinking everything. And all of a sudden I said, man, what am I, what am I worrying about? And I just like, like, this is just me and Jesus. And all of a sudden yeah. I was overcome. Like a calm came over me that I'd never felt like my entire life. I'd never been so calm. And that lasted for like a week solid, man. Just this, this oh, wow. unbelievable calm and peaceful feeling that like, I, I've never had, had a feeling like that in my life.
0: It sounds like a release. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So you did your baptism, you felt great for a week, and then you started getting back into normal life and things started to get back to normal for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I always like, I go to church twice a week normally if I can and like, like getting in there and and continuing with that experience to people. Um, I just, just anytime I'm not doing it, it's, it's always a good time to be there. So, um, it's become a hugely, hugely influential and impactful thing in my life. Um, same with the way I live my life too. And, and, you know, I, I was never like a bad or a moral crazy kind of guy really, but, uh, not too terrible, but uh, like this, this is really, really taught me. And, and, you know, it gives you some accountability and, and some, you know, I go in there, Melissa, Melissa will be the first one to tell me if I get out of line on on something or I, you know,
0: She'll say it, yep.
1: I, 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 yeah, yeah, I drop an F bomb somewhere. I shouldn't like, believe me, I'm going to know. So, um, so it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's definitely made me a much better person, a stronger person. Um, it's made me better in a lot of ways, a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I know they're very good people too. Now, did you get more involved with the church and advocacy or do you still have the advocacy separate from the church?
1: Um, I, I would say I kind of keep it separate. Like if there's anything that the church needs or whatever, I would gladly gladly share. But I kind of the church is is it's it's about it's about church, it's about Jesus. It's it's not so much about the advocacy. And and they're like that too. I mean, so I, I try to keep it separate. Of course, there's lots of people from church that are involved in this world. I, I, and Melissa is also in, involved in somewhat in advocacy and different things. But you know, the, the time at the church is, is the church time.
0: So. Yeah, and they made that pretty clear too. Even when they were, even when the church itself was assaulted with vandalism and stuff, yeah. they just cleaned it up and moved on with their day. Yeah, um,
1: the way Rob approaches all that stuff and handles it, I think he does does a very very good job of, of it. Um, he doesn't get into the weeds too much and. Doesn't get into all the the polit, you know. He he has his beliefs and his politics and all that, but that's not what it's about at the church, right? So,
0: right, right, right. Now, couple day, de- a couple times a day, or now you say a couple times a week, you go, or a couple times a day. Um,
1: yeah. So there's there's services on thir- or Thursdays and Sundays. So I I try to go to both. There's also like a men's ministry. There's there's often stuff going on, or um, you know, they just they give away bread. There's there's different different things going on regularly. So. And I've gotten and, to know Melissa quite well. So I go in and visit sometimes. And um, you know, If I need someone to talk to or I need some advice, whatever, I'll, I'll go down and spend some time there. Um, spend some time with uh, Safe Canada and the guys there too. It's a safe place to, to hang out or, or to get some
0: stuff done if we need to. So. And are you planning or working on any path within the church towards a, another position? Uh, um, I, well, I would like to get, uh,
1: they, they do some, some media stuff there where they, they produce, you know, and they, they put this stuff online and that I, I would like to learn the, the the ins and outs of that quite a bit. I think I could be some help there. Um, get involved with that. We could, could parlay that too. The, the knowledge would be useful in, in my other life here. So that's mm-hmm. one place I'd like to, uh, like to help out, but I kind of, uh, whatever they need, man, I'm always happy to help if I can. Okay.
0: So it sounds like you, you're there for support. You can, support the church yeah. in any way you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The people. Whoever.
0: Okay. So through the church was rolling thunder. So that was kind of the next major event or that you were part of.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's around. The save Canada the comes later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Quite. Yeah. yeah. Save, so save Canada was, was around, I guess, through all of this, but, uh, would have been after rolling thunder that I really, really connected with them. Um, yeah. So rolling, Ro- rolling thunder was a big one actually, man. And and then the Friday before rolling thunder, um, there was uh, a giant, like we had like a 10,000 person march. And then there was a convoy coming into town and it got wet, it got funneled into downtown and trapped in there. And they sent in riot police. Like, uh, it was a really, really bad night, man. A few people got hurt that night. A bunch of vehicles got seized. Um, police took down this girl. I know Freddie, um, like, like buried her. This, this girl, man. Um, they had they had me by the boots that night. That's the closest I've ever gotten to being arrested. As they mm. were dancing on us, I fell over and, and they had me right by the boot before some guys grabbed me and pulled me back. but So it was a pretty wild weekend that weekend. Of, I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure, a lot of people don't know about what happened the Friday of Rolling
0: Thunder. People here might know. Please but tell us about I, I didn't know, but even Rob didn't touch on that.
1: Yeah, okay, so so like the Rolling Thunder was scheduled for the Saturday and then okay. Rolling Thunder weekend, we had uh, Freedom Fighters Canada um, had a big march organized. And, and when I'm being big, I'm talking like, Thousands and thousands of people were, were for this march. We had like 20 police motorcycles with us and like it was a huge thing. Um, then also a group from Quebec, also liaising with police, um, had planned to have a slow roll through town. So they had the the red zone in downtown Ottawa blocked off the area around Rideau Centre, like like I mean blocked with police cruisers and armed, armed police. So you could not get into these, these zones. Um, our march started off the hill and down Wellington past the memorial. And right at that time, for some reason, the police funneled, they opened up Rito Street and directed part of that slow roll down Rideau Street directly into our into our march. Like it couldn't get out because our march was coming by. Then they okay, sealed off okay. the end of Rideau Street and blocked in those vehicles that they had just put in there. And then they used that as an excuse to bring in massive numbers of police.
0: Did so they create the
1: transolve uh, with the police? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a it was a trap. For sure it was a trap. Um one of the guys involved, actually, Norm Blanchfield, he just got his, uh, his right to be on the internet back recently. So until very recently, he couldn't even talk about anything that happened. But um, like, like they were funneled in there. They were trapped. And, uh, and then they, they had their vehicles impounded. They had people arrested. Uh, it, was, it was a wild scene. And for somebody who been through that first, first police action, like, it was traumatizing beyond belief to see
0: that happen. For again. sure. Now, did you film any of that?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Tons. I was live almost the whole time and I filmed mm-hmm. quite a bit. So like I got footage of like this, this big cop taking down the girl, man. We tried to jump on it. It's wild scene. Absolutely wild. I'll send you some so you can see, uh, you can see what I'm talking about later, but it's is uh, that online or you have it private. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have it online too. Yeah. yeah it's both. I've got uh, lots of video from that night <clears throat> from, from the start of our March, from those guys rolling in, I have the police action. I have the riot police. I was right in the middle when, when the police took down this girl, like I kind of fist bump a guy on a bike and then I mm-hmm. turn around man, and there's like a sick taller than me, six foot four, at least a hundred pounds heavier, man. He just takes this girl, picks her up, buries her into the ground right in front of us.
0: Oh, come on. What was the yeah. purpose of that? To send a message? Well, to fear? antagonize
1: us. Right. And and after that right. happened and the, and the reaction, then they brought in the, the public order units. So they, they trapped first sequence was to trap the vehicles in there. And mm-hmm. then, and then, then what? Okay, so then there's a big problem. We got to get rid of these vehicles, whatever. Then it was to antagonize everyone in there. Used, I mean, they, they came after this girl two or three times. I, the same cop pushed her earlier too, and she just finally okay, had so, enough. Like she, oh, they so were targeting it.
0: They were trying to provoke her to attack them, and maybe if the crowd. I, I believe so. Not,
1: yeah, but... and then and then then once that happened, then everyone else would go. And it, it seems to be see, it seems to be what they do, right? Like they'll go after a wounded veteran, they'll go after a, an elderly woman, they'll go after a young lady, they'll go after whoever is going to get a reaction.
0: Right. Right from the crowd it
1: seems it seems to be by design. I, I don't see how that can be can be by accident. I don't know where it's coming from or if it's just rogue rogue people or whatever, but I mean it, it seems too much to be a coincidence to me.
0: Yeah, that's the question right because I'm pretty sure they didn't have a session where they said, okay, here's how we instigate by attacking the innocent. but a few of them maybe, not like all of them, but they may have sat down with a few of them or some like minds and said, I'm curious about that part because I think you're right. I think there was a lot of instigation and in trying to get you guys to fight back, but that's not normal training for police officers, even in riot. They're meant to end the problem, not create the problem. Well, so that's a big problem
1: with the police. I find like, like the police aren't equipped to deal with peace. Their, their, right. their job is violence, right? Like, like if they have to do something and, and, end something and, or, or use force and violence, that's their game. But when there's a group of people who are, are are within the law and not not doing anything violent and not fighting back, the police really don't uh, what can they do it, it's, it puts them in a really weird and, and strange position
0: yeah I'm because kidding, their, job, their job their
1: job is violence basically
0: the, the riot ones yeah I can understand that but the regular police officers unless there's a course I'm not aware of that tells them how to attack innocent people I'm not sure I'm why some of the Exactly. So I'm not sure how, like, it seems like maybe 5% or 10% were taken aside, they're already that my mindset, and maybe they're, you know, part of the instigating crew, mixed in with the rest of them. And that's what you're seeing, possibly. Because I, I'm having a hard time as a human, understanding how law enforcement would decide as a group to instigate something against citizens but i can see it on an individual level that happening yeah and
1: if you had a few of those individuals right like that's like all so could be Just you know like a top down and that's kind of I've, I've got that impression kind of i don't have any insider information or anything but it seems like like at ottawa police there's some stuff going on at the top end and some specific officers that are being placed that, that's how i kind of saw like it, it seemed to me same with some of the officers that ended up like left downtown afterwards it seemed to be too was weird like it seemed like those officers were chosen because of their because of the way they were not that they just happened to be the ones that are there like it it seemed by choice
0: but yeah and that's what i'm kind of getting at because there might be a small meeting that says this is what we're going to do but it won't be the whole force and then just that small group is enough just like um anti-protesters you just need a couple of them that will really start the whole group um because I have a hard time accepting, and maybe this is my naivety, I have a hard time accepting that the police force itself, as a force, knew what they were doing. I think a few of them yeah. knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a giant force-wide concerted effort or conspiracy. I, I, right, I that's a good think.
0: way to put it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's it's just tough to accept. Maybe I'm being naive because that would mean some very dangerous things for Canadians. If that, do that's do the know. other
1: thing, right? Like, yeah, well, and, and yeah, it's hard. To... It's hard. After this much time, I think I'm kind of able to look at it like, like without all the emotion and, and, the you know, makes it a, a little clearer maybe, but all this stuff is, is so unbelievable to begin with. Like the fact that, that these are conversations we, we are having here is, is pretty wild. So I, I yeah. would have thought all this impossible. My whole life, I would have told you all, none of this would have been
0: possible. right because we're dealing with the reality the reality was a girl was picked up and smashed into the ground we can't hypothetical that that's what happened uh we're trying to figure out why and how um and that's why it's hurting our head because this is not what we expected from police enforcement okay so did this help your resolve to be even stronger to be more of an advocate and to stand up as you're seeing these kind of injustices with the rolling thunder yeah, um, yeah.
1: I mean, like, like I continue to see, see injustice everywhere, and that's that's why I never one of the main reasons I kept going out every day and never never stopped, right? Because I was seeing this this continuing abuse of power, the selective targeting. Um, you know, you hear horror stories from from people about about police and, and whatever, but like like to be living it and watching it happening daily to your friends, things right. that that should be impossible. <clears throat> it, it uh, yeah, it really, really stuck to me like there's no way that I could I could stand idly by and not not continue doing this
0: okay so rolling thunder friday night was a bit of a disaster as you guys were kind of kettled and Um okay so friday night is now over we're into saturday are things getting cleared up a bit you guys yeah so
1: so by saturday it was it was a whole different thing I mean it was a long tiring night but I went and got a few hours sleep and then I was back at the war memorial for uh, seven or eight o'clock Okay. they had a great big ceremony, um, it was called Op Dignity, um, Operation Dignity. So okay. um, Chris Deering gave speeches. There were some speeches from different vets. Um, I think was I saw Raying. So they laid laid a reef, um, basically to to reconsecrate and re. That's being t- yeah to reclaim the monument. Yeah, because they got violently taken off that monument, right? So mm-hmm. their own monument. Um, and then afterwards, there's supposed to be motorcycles, veterans on motorcycles, and other people. That, mm-hmm. that come in and, and roll around the memorial so um man thousands of people showed up for that it, it was absolutely incredible beautiful beautiful day um went off without a hitch really um tons of people but but no no real instancing in. there was maybe one arrest afterwards but uh nothing too crazy the bikes got in and out and and it all went off with uh beautifully just uh just a tiring long day that unfortunately the night before it kind of put a put a dark shadow over some of that but Luckily, the uh, the main event and, and what was supposed to go on did. So,
0: okay, cool. So the main event. itself, any other issues that came up, or it just went pretty no, smooth? No,
1: not really. No, no. It was it was, it was honestly beautiful. Um, for anyone, I'm to just into that too, but it, it was a, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, the speeches, then to see see that many people out. Um, that that area. I mean, the, the monument, the the war memorial, has always been kind of a special place for me too. Um, but through all this, it's become. It's become something really, really important, and, and, and it was a really, really good thing to be part of. I was able to get up there at film some of it, too, and it was, uh, it was pretty special.
0: Well, I'm going to let Leaf Nurse know here, because he or she says, I'm thinking, uh, the speech Chris Deering gave at Rolling Thunder was such a, sp- a powerful speech. Him and his wife are amazing people. Well, Leaf Nurse, tune in tomorrow. So Chris is going to be on for about oh, 20 he? minutes. Yeah, he's yes. going to join Across Canada one. Uh, he'll do it for New Brunswick. He's up in the oh room. awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've gotten to know Chris uh, Chris kind of well too since this. So. so, I've gotten to know so many incredible people and and meet so many amazing people. It's 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 honestly kind of
0: unbelievable. Like Have you noticed the same like big circle? Like there's the same people who know each other and Yeah, and, and it's yeah, it's a huge family and and
1: <laughs> it's interesting to to watch like some of the different as I've gotten kind of bigger in this and, and met more people, like I'm starting to jump into these different spheres and I'm connecting to all these incredible people that like, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. It is. And we're all kind of doing things that, you know, we, we come at things from different angles. We're all doing our own thing, but we're all, we're all, we're all after the same thing. Right. So it's really cool to see the different work, the different approaches people are doing and, and to connect with like, people like you and, and be able to talk like this is, is phenomenal for me.
0: Well, we hear I a lot of, what... I don't
1: often get a chance to talk like, 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 like this. I right. So, yeah. Well,
0: I wanted to hear your story. Your name came up quite a bit. And I think two or three people said you need to speak to him because uh, he's got several stories. Um, so thankful that you actually took that and uh, let me book you. Um, okay, so cool. So now, actually, I saw another chat. There's going to be a Rolling Thunder 2023?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, much smaller. It's uh, So it's just going to be the uh, like a motorcycle ride, basically. They're going to ride in from uh, from Armpryor, I believe it is. Um, down around the memorial, and, and so you
0: uh, mean your vacation home, way over in yeah, Arm? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so cool. it'll be, it won't be, it won't have that same uh, ceremony and everything like last time. It's more, more a motorcycle ride. Um, that may become an, uh, a, an annual thing. I'm not sure, but it should be pretty cool stuff.
0: Okay, so I think it was Cindy in my chat there that kind of mentioned that. Yeah, that it was legal.
1: scheduled. Uh, was scheduled. I think a couple of weeks ago, the weather wasn't good, so it's been put off till I believe it's August 4th now, but it's sometime in August.
0: All right, there you go, guys, folks. Uh, August, you might have your Rolling Thunder 2023. Okay, cool. So after 2022, Rolling Thunder, you had the bad Friday night. Saturday looked good. Things were going good. Um, Then you started getting involved in Save Canada? Uh, Yeah,
1: so I I knew Josh around the start of that. Um, I think the first thing I went out to him with him really was, was a walkout from his school. So this is before he was suspended and expelled and all that. Um, okay. He so he, he organized he, he had organized some walkouts and he asked if I could come out and cover one for him, um, and I I got to know him too over the because uh, it was when J- the weekend that James Top arrived he had been doing some marching with James Top and I I spent some time with him in Rent through so around around that time would have been like a year ago a year almost almost a full year ago now when James Top came through, um, so that's when it kind of really started and I just every time he'd have an event whatever I, really, I got to know him and. and we needed someone out there so I was happy to help um his great family great you know his brother his dad have gotten to know and his family so um yeah I started doing that doing that about well, well over a year ago now um and then things with Josh like like they really blew up but after he got suspended um and I, I was with him so when he w- tried to go back to school after his uh his trespass was lifted when it, when it really went viral the, the most right recent, when he said most bank, recently, so that was yeah, all planned I mean it with discussion with lawyers like there's a procedure and steps you need to follow um we got video and stuff of what we needed it wasn't about like making some type of shocking video It was more like this was a process that had to be done so that he can continue this legal fight be- you know it's being you like to crazy. Capture it. yeah yeah so um so that went off went off quite well um it was a bit of a day. we didn't know you just never know how these things are going to go but that wasn't like a you know it wasn't about publicity and 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 a protest that one that was just just a step that needed to be done um and then uh, I've done awful, all the protests he's done since pretty much. I've been at, um, I guess I've been, been doing the media pretty much for all of them. So I've also yeah, spent, spent a lot of time in the background with, with boys. There with Josh and his brothers, Monty and them. So um, yeah, there's a lot of work goes into what they do and a lot of planning and stuff. So it's uh, it's been quite an, an incredible experience, honestly. Pretty proud to be yes. a part of it.
0: Very cool. Now you mentioned that they reached out to you or Josh reached out to you. Was that to be part of the the support or for the camera yeah, or just just
1: that? just yeah just asked me if i if i could would come and and, and i guess support film whatever like you kind of knew what i did um right so this time and you're a streamer kind of, and stuff. it just, just made yeah it just made sense um and, and I, I was impressed with with the young man immediately and mm-hmm. and happy to help so i had a safe kind of hat early on so <laughs>
0: So what came first, the hat, like I guess the hat, they made that brand and came out with the hat right away.
1: Yeah, so um, Save Canada existed before, before Josh and, and, the, and the guys really started running, I guess from the East Coast originally. Um, he'd be able okay. to speak better to that, but uh, they kind of kind of took over the, the, the name and took the reins and, and moved forward with it. So um, it was in existence before, and now it's, now it's, uh, it's the guys running the show, basically.
0: Yeah, what so I was wondering what came first, Josh or Safe Canada? I just didn't get the question yeah. out. So Safe yeah, Canada yeah, was yeah. around. Yeah, so
1: Safe Canada was around before. Yes, yes.
0: Okay, and then teamed up with Josh as he's <coughs> doing his school stuff yeah. around that time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. so because
1: he, he led some uh, student walkouts, mandate walkouts, uh, a, a few different things prior to uh, prior to getting in the, the, gender, the gender.
0: Okay, so his, his school stuff didn't have the red hat. That came later.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess they've kind of always had, to, had these, but yeah, he started doing like the walkouts, the, the, the mandate stuff. This, this was pre, uh, would have been probably pre, uh, pre-convoy then. So, so you've oh, wow. been involved in, in, in advocacy and, and doing this kind of stuff, uh, stuff already. Yeah.
0: Okay. So did you meet Josh through Rob and Melissa or is that just, no, no, I just,
1: I just met him, just met him on the ground. Like, uh, See, we were same places. Uh, he, was, he was at everything I was at, right? No, pretty much. So, <laughs> now, lo- looking back, actually, like way back, he, there's there's Save Canada flags and those guys in, in, in tons of my videos, even before I really knew them too well. So, um, we've been in the same same places, doing the same types of things for a long time, even before we really really
0: got to know each other. Do you meet Billboard Chris that way as well?
1: Uh, I hadn't met Billboard Chris till uh, till here in Ottawa with uh, with Josh. But uh, okay. that that was that was a, a connection a relationship It just made perfect sense. Um, they've actually just announced uh, they're going to be going to Toronto. I think it's uh, September twenty
0: second or twentieth, Some, something, something
1: around there. Yeah, yeah, late yeah. late September. So that's uh, that's going to be a big one coming up when school gets back Very rolling big. and stuff. So
0: yeah, he's going to I think two schools. I think they named two schools that they're going to go to. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that should yeah, be, that'll be, uh, interesting. That should be a big one too. Yeah, I don't know if it'll yeah, be like the sure. one here. There, that that was wild here. Yeah
0: will probably be bigger because Toronto. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's hard. It's, yeah,
1: it's hard to predict these things, honestly. But here, I know well, kind of what, what I'm dealing with. Like, like with Toronto, I, I've only been down there for a couple of days. We did a a library protest, and they sent in horses. It wasn't real. Well, it wasn't I think real fun. I,
0: I think what you're going to see a lot in Toronto, which you saw a little bit in Ottawa, but you'll see a lot more in Toronto. Will be the Muslim community. It's very large out there. Um, okay, so, so
1: that'll be it. Yeah. So if they show up
0: up again, you're going to see a lot.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of talk too from, from that community about getting, uh, getting something pretty big organized for the start of school. So early, early September.
0: You're going to be in the right GTA area for that because you're going to have a lot of support if everybody gets in on that one. So yeah, I guess we'll keep an eye on that one. So you're going to be there as a a supporter, protester, or streamer. What's going to be your role for that?
1: Yeah. So, so I kind of, yeah, mainly streamer, um, and kind of help with in, in a security role a bit, but uh, I'm it's I'm pretty focused on what I'm doing. I'm kind of like like <laughs> exposed and vulnerable. So um, mm-hmm. I, when I when I do the stuff for Josh, like it's it's more about getting what they need, making sure that the video for them gets out. It's not really about me. I go in in, in for them on those ones. I mean, it's still me, it's still Daisy Media, but uh, my focus is whatever they need really.
0: Very cool. Now, one thing I talked to Alex about was the security on. I think it was June 9th, was uh, the event in Ottawa. that right? June 9th?
1: Yeah. Yeah. June 9th. Yeah.
0: Okay. And he talked about, and this is my first time being exposed to the dangers of this, but HIV natals and you have to worry about being poked and stuff like that from. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was talk
1: about, about insulin injections. And I mean, there was some, some, it's hard to know how credible these threats are, but they, they were out there. Um, I get a lot of hate thrown my way a lot. Um, yeah. People know where I live. Um, I've had, I've had stuff left in my mailbox. I've had notes left on my door. Um, so particularly for me, like they, they really have a serious hate on for me. I know the guys get it too, and, and everyone gets it to some degree, but uh, for, for whatever reason, man, I am, I am enemy number one for a lot of these people. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's something that, that we have to be aware of. And in these big crowds, it, it's hard to know what's going on, right? So they have these big flags that they'll put up. There'll be people like you know pushing you and punching you and poking you or whatever, and you, you just don't know what the heck's going to go on.
0: Well, how much injury have you suffered in any of these? Have you been no, hurt? No, nothing
1: major. I've been pushed around, and I've been punched a couple of times. I got punched in the head a couple of times, and in, in the stomach, or the guts, but uh, not nothing too bad. Pushed around. I had my, had my hat stolen twice, but other than that, well, I've, I've I've been relatively unscathed. But I've seen people get like like knocked out. They like taken down too, and and I've I've seen some some wouldn't say crazy crazy violence, but I've seen some violence for sure.
0: For sure. From now, from
1: from the from the counter or antifa side not never never from anybody on our side We're with us right
0: now when you're living it being punched in the face a couple of times is no big deal i just want to let you know from the rest of us it would be a huge deal um most of us think getting punched at all would be a big problem but that i guess kind of is a testament to what your role is and what you believe you need to be there so you'll take a couple punches for the yeah and the i side. mean it's
1: it's not i, didn't break my nose. I got you it wasn't it wasn't crazy but um
0: yeah I mean you don't know
1: though um at the time it doesn't so I got know if it's just like it, I don't even think about it. there's never any fear or, or craziness in in the moment really I get a little agitated but a lot of a lot of me is, is like a, I'm a character you know so <laughs> so I kind of let myself get a little fired up or, or whatever just just for uh sometimes to prove a point which is not always the smartest move when you're dealing with these kinds of sure. things but uh but I'm finding that'm finding that balance a bit better now
0: Okay. Now, going forward, is that the role you want to keep doing, D- Darcy Media? You want to keep recording stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I,
1: I, I, absolutely love what I'm doing. Um, I'd like to do more, more stuff like this. More, more, more conversations. Get, get more into the weeds of the issues than just, just only be out there, you know, running gun, filming all the time. I'd like, I'd like to, to sit down and, and do this kind of stuff more. But, um, definitely want to keep doing what I'm doing. I like, I like to be out on the ground. I like to be, to be covering stories. I like to go after the politicians and. And all this kind of stuff and, and i'm learning a lot and i'm getting better at it so i definitely plan uh, plan to continue That's i don't exciting. know exactly what that'll look like and then like any of this i don't know exactly what it looks like but but i mean it seemed seemed to be narrowing in on on things that work and and finding finding my groove pretty well so i'm just going to keep rolling with it i guess
0: well we need you we need people like you that are in the crowd recording it <laughs> sharing it and even the interviews on the street that kind of stuff um because I, I think that's what saved the, the truckers, to be honest with you. I think the Viva Fries and the, the, the Zots and those guys, if they weren't there, if we didn't have YouTube live streaming, uh, the narrative, I think, would have worked far better and they would have come in harder sooner. So I think people like you that are streaming, the real story is why it didn't get worse. It could have gone a lot worse. I think you may know that there, Chris. Um, but it's also the reason why we now have uh, Bill C-11 and Bill C-18 and they're cracking down on online media. Um, is that affecting you yet? Bill 11 or um, Bill 18
1: it's, it's hard to say, really. Um, I am pretty restricted on Facebook, but I, I, I don't think that's necessarily related. I have noticed, though, on, on some stuff, like my engagement down and, and some stuff down, so it's it's hard to really know um, what's causing that. I have it's weird. Like like for for a lot of things, I found that there's just a lot more stuff getting out there now than than there was prior. Like there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about that we couldn't talk about a few months ago even. So so in that sense, there is there is conversation starting to be had. Um, who knows where things are going to go? I mean, if they take away the uh, the legitimate news and well, who's good? That is going to leave me right. So if they if they don't have uh, it, it could be an opportunity for for independents mm-hmm. like us.
0: I am thinking the same way. Um, I think C11 and C18, because what C18 did was it kicked, Well, because Facebook shows this way, it kicked the mainstream media off as media on Facebook, which allows a whole bunch of us to get through now. And it also allows us to be in front of more people because they were originally getting traditional media. So I think that's a good thing. Um, but on Twitter, I've noticed some problems. Um, and you may have noticed them as well, there's a whole group of us that get together and talk about this problem. But engagement drops like suddenly, all of a sudden. And I think what might be going on with Twitter is they're not open and against Bill C-18. They really haven't commented on it. But what they might be doing is kind of what Facebook was doing, but without publicly saying it, which is just stop propagating news. And I think me and you and some other people have been flagged as media. And because we're now oh, that's possible media, yeah. uh, they're going to lower our reach because the government's going to make them pay for that reach. So they might be playing around with how much reach they give media, because if they have to start paying for that reach, they're going to have ways to limit it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a few things too, that I've, I've noticed effect. Like I know on, uh, on, on Twitter, sometimes you can get labeled, uh, not suitable for work NS or whatever it is. Like, so depending, like, I mean, I'm dealing with, with some drag stuff and different, different topics. Um, sometimes that can get you instead of a post being flagged or, or one thing that can that can get your whole account kind of downgraded. Um, I know there's been times people search me and they can't find me. Yeah, I, I don't really know know how all that works, but I do get messages like that fairly often. Not just on Twitter, but uh, I'm 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 newer to Twitter, so I'm I'm still learning the ropes there. But it's uh, it's a crazy place.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of people that are suddenly unfollowed. They're not following me anymore, and they didn't do it. Um, notifications they don't get. And then I even have somebody reach out to me and says, there's something about your account that I can't forward or retweet or something like that. I'm like, I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, I got lots of gremlins in my account weird things happen.
1: I, I've had um, weird stuff happen in, in real time on Facebook too to me, like times where like I really need to be going online and suddenly nothing will work. I can't post, my lives disappear, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. not, not too many times, but it has happened. Has happened
0: for sure. Yeah, you know, I wonder if they're gaslighting us. Like, kind of doing that to make us think we're crazy yeah, or something. It's hard. It's hard to know, eh? It's hard to know. I mean, like, like. Well, I'm a pretty rooted guy, so I, I, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I take confidence that my reality, I can understand it. But when the heart disappears in front mm. of you, and it won't let you post, and then you can delete that, and then take out the word Trudeau and put in the word PM, and then all of a sudden everything works. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely yeah. some words too. If you if you put them in there, you, it'll
1: make a difference. Yeah, for sure.
0: It's for weird sure. though. Like I can use it in other contexts, than and I wasn't being derogatory or like it's just weird. Yeah. Like sometimes I have to edit. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. a lot
1: of it's probably algorithmic. Like uh, I don't Could know be. how much. There are times though where there's stuff that happens I mean, Like it seems like it must be a person in there doing something to me. But who knows? Do you have a problem with people mass reporting and false reporting? You? I have that issue quite a bit. Oh, I only brigading have brigading where where they'll like they'll yeah. report every single thing you do. Like I'd TikTok, mm-hmm. I had it done all the time. Every single video I put up got taken down, and I mean, get them back, but that that mm-hmm. slows things down and causes problems, and it downgrades your account. And even if you win the appeals, it still has an effect. So sure, that's sure. that's one way people try to uh, to silence me for sure.
0: No, I just had one YouTuber who I guess considers himself competition. I always thought that he was. a a friend, not a foe, uh, but he decided to do some complaining. One of them got taken down, the rest came back, but one's enough for a strike, so it didn't matter. The yeah, other yeah, not,
1: not, that really matters on YouTube. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I was down for a full week because yeah. somebody didn't like me. Anyways, it's all over with, and I hope it's done. I communicated with uh, um, YouTube, they seem to have confirmed it because they got rid of the other ones that they did, um, but in any case. Yeah, there's people out there that just want to go mess up other people's gigs. It happens. Now that you're with uh Save Canada, you're doing all that, is this gonna become like a full time thing for you, Save Canada, or do you have something else on the go as well?
1: No, I mean it's it does take up quite a bit of my time, but no, it's just it's just one thing among many that I do. Um I do pri- I do try to prioritize that, like if if dating me or what like what's going on there. So it is and it is it's kind of grown. I've like not not through Safe Canada directly, but on, on my own. I've I've been making a lot of connections into the into the Muslim community too now. So that's been keeping me really busy. A lot of lot of stuff to learn, a lot of people to meet. Um,
0: so, so it is taking a lot religion? of my time,
1: but I, I'm not I'm not going to be singularly focused on this by any
0: means. Gotcha so you're trying to reach out as a liaison to the community or you just want to yeah yeah community? well they have
1: yeah, just because of the protesting and, and after the uh, after the the impromptu thing on when, when so many families came to, to Parliament Hill and then with the Josh protest so um, we we have a common common goal right so um, mm-hmm. mainly it's, we're focusing on, on on indoctrination in schools with, with right with the with children these groups but yeah yeah they're uh, they' they're they are not happy. Like so many other people, and it's not, not just the Muslim community; it's all kinds of different communities and community members coming together. But it's a lot of different people that you know, like we're not we're supposed to hate each other. I'm I'm supposed to be the racist, white supremacist, whoever. So um, you know, it's uh, yeah. it's been interesting, but uh, it's it's actually been been enlightening to me. People that are, you know, it's it's a, it's a fascinating look into into a, a community that I didn't know a lot about, and and to some stuff I, I didn't know about. So I'm learning, and uh, and I'm making some new friends, and I think we're going to be able to do some good work together.
0: Absolutely. Now, what I was—I was on an interview not too long ago, Dean Something podcast. Uh, thank you, Dean, very much for having me on your show. Uh, he brought that up that um, he thought it was pretty amazing that Muslims and Catholics and Christians were coming together. Um, but what I said to him on that one was, uh, I don't think you're correct. I think what you're seeing there are parents who happen to be Muslim and parents who have to be happen to be yeah. Christian, and that's what you're seeing to come together: are parents. Uh, first and foremost, they just happen to have a religion as well. You're not seeing yeah, and, the religions come together.
1: I think maybe that you know the the fact that it's the religious people. It's it. There's there's kind of a, a necessity to stand up. Like if you have certain beliefs and and you know somebody is, is is pressing against those or or trying you know like after your kids, that that could be why maybe the, the religious people were were more likely or first to stand up. But you're right, it, very much so. Like so at the start, I was saying you know Muslims, and Christians or whatever. What I'd like to say is parents or Canadians, it's families. Families are coming together for this, right? Like, um, we always hear, hear all these, these phobic things, you know, like, like one of the hashtags they've been throwing around is is family phobic now, like that, that they want to use. Like people are afraid of the the family, no nuclear family allowed. Right. So, -hmm. but what it really seems to be to me is, is families coming together. Like you said, parents and, and yes, there's Christians, there's Muslims, there's Jews, there's atheists, there's everybody, it's just families.
0: Absolutely, and and I can see why. We need the next generation. We would die as a human species. We've got to protect the children. None of this stuff is acceptable to us to harm children. Absolutely. I think that was a big line in the sand for uh, the fight. Now, with parents standing up there, we now have another issue that I think is unifying Canadians. It's going to hurt, but it might help Canada, and that's going to be vaccine injury. Now that vaccine injury is becoming more and more of a thing and people are admitting it now and more and more people are being affected by it they're going to have to start to admit that possibly things were rushed and not safe and effective um so i think that issue along with the parent children issue those are going to come together it's going to wake up a lot of people the narrative is going to crumble and we're going to put an end to this what do you think about that? Do you think these two issues yeah. are enough to wake up enough Canadians cuz somebody's going to yeah, know. Yeah, There's there's people snapping
1: hurt. awake every day, man, tons of them right. now. Um and right. and with these vaccine injury things for the longest time we couldn't even talk about it, right? You couldn't even say that not mm-hmm. long ago. Let alone put out a video or or whatever. Um that that's going to be a big one. I mean, I think I just just recently we, there's a it's the um young, the young uh, hockey player there. They saw autopsy came back and and it's it's pretty clear. It's one of the first ones I've seen though that says, you know, like this this kid died either entirely or or mostly because of because of this vaccine. So um, it's not the only case like that. Um, I know quite a few people who are vaccine injured that I've gotten to know through this, and, and it's devastating. But there's a lot of people out there, a lot of them mm-hmm. out there, and there's a lot of different different types of injuries and different things, right? So now that this that they couldn't only suppress it so long, right? The truth is going to have to come out. Now that it's really starting to come out, I think these floodgates are about to open, and it's going to make a huge difference.
0: yeah safe
1: and effective safe and effective safe and effective you know we have we have untold amounts of suffering and injured and you know dying people so that doesn't wake people up i don't know what will
0: yeah and i think those two issues because even hurt children from the vaccine hurt grandmothers your aunt uncle like there's somebody close to everybody now that can say oh it looks like vaccine related that was a big thing i
1: thought too like like it's 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 affected so many people not just vaccine injuries but but all this stuff once it starts to affect you or someone you know you don't have a choice but to wake up to it you can be apolitical you could have been on the other side but if your nephew or your your son whatever whoever suddenly goes down injured or or is affected by this your wife whoever um like you can't ignore it when it's when it's hitting close to home and it's affected enough people that that everybody pretty much knows someone that's affected 100%.
0: a hundred percent, and they're getting worse and worse. Like the effects are worse and worse. People are getting really, really injured. Are you aware of the Alberta lawsuit that uh, got filed? I think last week.
1: Um. Yes. Yes, I believe so.
0: Okay, because yeah. I think that's going to kick off some major ruffles of feathers. Yeah. So that, that it, was like
1: the ten, ten point whatever million. Ten was, point is five is a magic number. Yeah, if it's yeah, enough okay. for
0: Omar, it's enough for. Uh, yeah. Terry as well so but this one is a direct result of the misinformation and negligence so misinformation so, from. The so CBC. is that one
1: um about cbc or cbc yep. listed in that one yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. Say, so yeah. alberta
0: health services as well a couple uh, nurses as well because there was an administered it um everybody's being pulled forward on this one now the good news is well they're the plaintiff so they have to prove it and I call that good news because they wouldn't be bringing this forward if they didn't think they could. So what we're going to be seeing is the government on the defense having to justify what they're bringing forward. So they're going to have to answer for a few things this time instead of yeah. just setting a narrative. So I'm excited about yeah, that's, that one.
1: That's definitely different, right? They can't just you know, dispute what they need. They need to actually address what's brought forward. Correct, so because the, the plaintiff
0: is going to put the claim forward, and that's already public. Yeah. Now they're going to have to respond to it. So we'll see yeah. how that one goes. Um, yeah, none and, of the I media mean, pe-, pe-, pe People
1: are, uh, you know, like everybody wants a quick, all, all of a sudden fix, and the law doesn't work quick, and and this stuff takes a while to to get. You know, it's going to be prepared and done right. So, you know, these things are very important, and and I think they're going to make a difference, right? It's not maybe the most it's some people, it's not as exciting or as glamorous as as you know the the clickbait and the, the flashy story, but hugely, hugely important. And uh, and I mean that is kind of the way forward. We need to use the law and the rule of law while we have it, while well, it still exists.
0: 100%. Now I still believe in it. I think we need to tweak yeah, it and work it. Yeah, and we need I to think we need, I think we need
1: we need to put some some safeguards in too cuz clearly there you know the law may exist but it, it didn't protect us in this case. So, we need to we need to do some tweaking and to to figure out how to prevent something like this from happening again, but but I do, I do still very much believe in the law.
0: Well, I got a couple ideas about it. maybe maybe you've noodled this before. Uh, I think one of the problems are the nonwithstanding clause or of the charter which basically lets them have a pass on anything in the charter and uh, the ability to give immunity on a whim when they need it so providing immunity to banks and other things Um, if the government didn't have those mechanisms they'd have to tread lighter because they can't pause the law or pause the charter which is what section one does and uh, they can't pause the law in the statutes which is what immunity does Um, So if we could get rid of those two mechanisms, I I don't really understand a really good reason to provide immunity to anybody for anything because what you're saying is you're above the law with that. Yeah, I find that very, very, very troubling. Yeah, but I don't know how to... They use it to get bad guys and stuff like that. Maybe there's a different way to get those bad guys. But if we got rid of the ability for the government to give self-imposed immunity, that might help us make them stay to the law. The second part of this is the accountability. So once they've done something wrong, whether they give themselves immunity or not, we have a hard time holding them accountable. So I'm not sure how we can noodle that one, but there needs to be a mechanism to have a um, citizen-based no confidence. So we have the House-based one where your representatives can vote. But when the House is bought off, like we have right now with the Liberal NDP deal, the house itself can't do the no confidence anymore. So a citizen based one where you should be able to revoke your MP in your writing. And that yeah. could include the PM. Um, and I think BC has some laws around this. So BC has some ways to revoke elected officials. It could, be, it could recall legislation of some sort. Recall. Yeah. Something along those lines. That should be a, I think a federal. So any MP, any MPP, any mayor, any elected official, there should be a revoke mechanism or recall mechanism on the writing or the, the regional level. Uh, what do you think about that? Cause the PM himself yeah. could, his, yeah, and, his and constituents right. could do something.
1: And there, there has to, like there, The accountability thing is a major problem. Like there's, there's next to no accountability and that, that gives people no faith in the system and, and there's a, there needs to be accountability. However, that is done. That, that sounds like a reasonable way. Um, if, if it could be done, obviously mm-hmm. the government would probably fight that tooth and nail. Um, but but until there's some sort of accountability, like, like people are just operating with complete impunity, they're they're breaking ethics laws, they're breaking actual law, and and they're doing it with with no no consequences whatsoever. So, gotta figure something out. Okay, that's not right. sustainable and, the way it is.
0: And, and imagine being the PMO, and you know that when you do the EA, right. like the biggest thing that you're gonna have is a. Inquiry run by you and picked by you, like that's yeah, the with no teeth at all.
1: Yeah, you choose the people. It's got no teeth. They can't do anything, anyways.
0: Yeah, you can totally understand how it can get out of hand easy, because <laughs> you don't have a check and balance and accountability. And yeah. uh, I think that's what happened here. They way overstepped. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, but they didn't have any consequences to it. So why not?
1: Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. You know, they, I think they knew they were overstepping, and I think they knew they could get away with it, or they wouldn't have done it, right? Like. No, and that, that's the case with a lot of a lot of this too. Like people people know that they're not gonna face repercussions. Some people, like certain people at certain, you know, if you and I step out of line at all, they're gonna come down on us with full force of everything they have. But other people, it doesn't matter what they do, nothing will happen. And they yeah, know it's it. frustrating. Yeah, very frustrating. Very frustrating.
0: Because how do you trust that government system as a citizen where you're supposed to understand there's consequences to your action, but you're seeing them get in away with way worse than anything you would have ever considered doing. Yeah. yeah
1: the hypocrisy is, is, te- <coughs> is terrible.
0: Yeah. So do you think elections are good enough so that they work that if you get enough support, it's legit? Do you think getting in as an independent candidate, like I'm trying to do is a path? Yeah. I,
1: I- I mean, I think independent candidates would be the best way, but I'd, I don't know how that how that works in, in, in real application. Like like what you want is is candidates who represent their people locally, like what their community needs, right? They're right. not candidates that, that just toe the party line and, you know, like you got somebody representing wherever, but he's voting for something that's completely, completely ridiculous and doesn't help this community at all just because he's whatever, liberal, conservative, which tends to be, tends to be what happened, right? If we had,
0: yeah.
1: if we had members of parliament or, or not just not MPPs, whatever, but that were, that were independent and voting for what their constituents actually wanted and needed, we'd have a whole different, a whole different ballgame here. But
0: yeah, so I don't have... know how to do,
1: I don't know how to do that. Like, like can get this, this whole, this whole party system. And it's a lot easier said than done. If you look at like, uh, you know, even the PPC put a lot into it, but they got very little traction. Um, it's hard. But if there was ever a time for independence, I think now's the time. We may have a unique opportunity here to do something like so.
0: That's what I'm thinking too. I think there might be an opportunity here to get a couple independents in enough to start making some squawking happen. Uh, Cause what I'd like to do is I'd like to get MP power so I can go ahead and require answers. I can go in and look at certain things. I can go in and be uh, a pain in the butt and knock on the doors to talk to certain people. Um, and then, also, of course, push for accountability. If there's nobody asking for it, uh, you're not going to get it. That's for sure. Now, have you ever considered running a local level? Maybe get involved? Uh... <sighs> not, not really. Never really was, was something I was. I was too interested
1: in. But uh, I mean, I am interested in politics, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily
0: for me. Okay, but you get behind somebody that you could support. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Work. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 for sure. I would help her help support her. I'm sure there's a role I could play. But I think there's probably. More qualified people that that would that would rather do it too. So,
0: yeah. Well, Josh Alexander, I think will be PM one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, man. Yeah, future. yeah,
1: yeah. He's he's going to be old enough next election cycle probably. So uh, to to at least run. Um, I don't know if he has aspirations to that, but uh, he'd be good at it for sure.
0: Yeah, I think he wants to get ah! with his young young family first. So he mentioned getting yeah. married young, start a young family. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, what's in the future for you? all right do you have a family what i didn't ask about that um
1: yeah well there's t- just me you know, me and my doggo um so coming up actually i think i just just announced it yesterday but i'm going to be doing a trip to the east coast coming up soon um and may continue that across canada actually um
0: really we, so we, you we, make we, next week. yeah yeah
1: to go yeah so go do do different events we'd be, we'd be doing a bunch of different things but mainly it's to network and, and to meet people and uh be with uh, norm and bridges to freedom um so there's there's a lot of cool stuff it's all still, still very much up in the air but that that's sounds like what what i'll be doing in the immediate future um parliament's out of session now there's not a ton going on throughout right. for the rest of the summer so so now's now's a good time and i kind of honestly i kind of need a break not a break from doing everything but like it's it's a grind down here i'm, I'm tired i'm run down i just it would be nice to get away for a bit
0: yeah okay so you want to take a break by going across canada and having a bit of yeah yeah i mean
1: just just a break (laughs) from
0: downtown ottawa
1: not a break from everything right
0: like okay okay now have you been that far out is this going to be an adventure for you because it's a lot yeah yeah this will be
1: i've i've been to uh i've done the east coast a few times and i've uh i've only been out west once i did my my glider pilot training in comox um so i flew out to comox but I all i did i never left the island so it would be nice to uh to travel across
0: so you did Glider? So are you trying to get yeah oh yeah out? yeah when I was
1: uh yeah when I was younger I did uh did it through air I so I got a I was from of a I got a scout competed got a scholarship earned a scholarship to uh to fly out to Comox and, and did my glider pilot bit out there
0: little bit of Okay. little cool. in of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit yeah a I bit of a yeah I
1: mean... yeah, of I, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely I for sure. I don't know if I'll, I'll keep flying private or whatever, but uh, I, I love gliding. There's a, a, a gliding club in Gatineau here that I was checking out, but uh, I was going to try to start doing that actually before all the lockdowns and everything, and I kind of set up. I was going to join the club, and then and all this happened. So, but I would definitely like to, to get flying again for sure.
0: Very cool. So, what's stopping you on that? Just time and resources? time and money
1: for now. Yeah, yeah. Gliding is, is reasonable actually, but uh, yeah, just time and time and resources. Private is power is a lot more expensive, but
0: would I love flying gliders. Would you want to do it for a profession? Because there's a path forward if you do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I uh, don't know if my body's in good enough shape. Honestly, I, I don't know if I could. Possibly
0: what does that mean? Like,
1: <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got a, a condition called ankylosing spondylitis, so I've got uh, got fused ankles and my back's kind of fusing. And got some some issues I'm dealing with now. It's kind of uh, kind of just trying to figure it all out. But uh, I mean, if I, if I was up for it, I would for sure. But that was kind of my goal. I, I wanted to make it a career, um, and that that was kind of the, the pipeline I was going down. Um, and then I, I injured my injured my arm pretty badly. Um so I, I missed some school, missed uh, ended up losing a year. And then uh, okay. then I had a daughter young. Then my my daughter pretty young. So kinda of changed my plans, became a carpenter instead.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned that just like Joseph, uh carpenter. So are you still doing some of that?
1: Um, haven't been. Um I shut uh, shut my business down, my last business uh just well,
0: any freelance, like people could be, yeah, I do this? some
1: work. Yeah. I do some here and there. Um, I just, I just can't put a business on my, on my back, so to speak again. And physically I can't do the same stuff I used to. Um, I can still do quite a bit, but I just have to be realistic about, uh, about how much pain I'm in and, and how much I can really do. Um, and it's, it's kind of a degenerative thing, right? So it's not, uh, something going to get better necessarily.
0: Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that part of it. Uh, and we don't have to get into that cause it's pretty private. Yeah.
1: yeah it's all part, all part of life.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it seems like it just doesn't stop you. You're still out. There no, doing no. Your thing. In
1: fact, like, uh, like I use it, man. Like, that's it's like why it's the reason. Like I said, I, I got up and I walk in the morning is because of this condition, like my ankles. And then if I don't get up and move, I'm in a lot of pain. So that's why I always go out and I would go by the memorial and and I was doing this stuff downtown just as part of my daily routine for a long time, even before uh, before the convoy. So
0: that's pretty cool, man. And you're gonna. So I hope you do this tour because I hope you end up in, yeah. in Alberta. Yeah, it's, it's, sa- you, it's
1: sounding very much like it.
0: Yeah, and too bad. Like, are you friends with Jeremy McKenzie at all?
1: Um, yeah, I know him a little bit. Actually, uh, I jumped on that show with him last night for a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I don't. Like, uh, I, I, I've i only, I've, I haven't,
1: I don't know if I, I guess I met him once, maybe briefly, but I've spent, I've talked to him quite a bit.
0: Um. Well, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because he wants to do a tour at some point as well. He's under house arrest. Oh, okay. yeah, know, yeah, when, when he's window. allowed. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's, he may be getting some information later so there might be something later but of course it has to be when he's allowed uh, and the reason why i asked that is maybe a bunch of you guys should be getting together for a big tour um a whole bunch of us would like to see you and jeremy and other people like that yeah yeah i'm sure there's uh yeah it's definitely something to think about
1: <clears throat> i think this cool. uh, like I'll start start with east and, and just see how it goes and, and you know this is all brand new to me so still a lot of balls in the air, but that'll give us a chance to figure out exactly how we're going to do everything and, and, and what makes sense and how, how to do it. So, But for sure, there's a lot of people out West that, I, that I'd love to go see and meet.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, well, look at that. Now it's a little bit quieter. Well, we only have about five minutes or so left. Is there anything else that you want to uh, bring up and, and kind of put on the record and talk about? <clears throat>
1: Um, we covered quite a bit. Um, oh, I'm just I'm just excited about this this new stuff coming up. It's gonna be uh, gonna be something a little different for me, and uh, and it'll also give me a chance to I think sit down and, and have more long form conversations like this. It's something that I'm I'm really looking forward to getting getting more of under my belt. So this is great. It's great practice for me. It's great to to make the connections, and and it's really nice just to be out here networking and talking to uh, talking to different people coming from from different perspectives. But I've, I've very
0: much enjoyed this. So you want to be the host, you want to do a lot more interviewing, both?
1: Yeah, yeah, I just I just want to have conversations, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And you 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 do this is, this is good. Um I, I there's so many people I've met and connections I have that like there's a lot of good stories I could tell. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of different people I could probably call up that would say no, you know, right away, no problem, they would jump on. So there's, well, I'm there's a, a nobody list.
0: and I, I got yeses so you'd get yeah a yeah list.
1: yeah yeah. there you go yeah well there's somebody now well thanks
0: for confirming I'm a nobody but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah yeah you're somebody now I didn't know what to say so I feel I, I I still feel weird about it right like because I'm, I'm just some oh, guy um you know and, and some of these some of these characters and players in this thing are, are big name like there were people like holy cow you know I just give them a call but still getting used well, to look, it all but uh
0: Look what Island Jason just said. If you can bring that chat back up, my chat person. Oh, wrong one, there we go. Wow. Just great, great, great guest after great, great Jason. Thanks so much. Or thanks uh, to you and Chris for streaming and sharing today. So I think what Jason might be saying there is he really enjoyed hearing from you. And let me just ask the chat. Give me a, a yes or a no in the chat. Do you want Chris to have his own show, a podcast, something regular, whether it's just chatting, some news, what's going on around. But do you guys want to hear from Chris? We'll let the chat uh, answer that one, but I suspect I know where that's going to go. Um, Patriot propaganda. You familiar with them? Of course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's <laughs> Alex. And uh, yeah, I know, uh, I know the other you know, a couple other people in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we're getting yeses and I would watch it a hundred percent. Yes, 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 yes. So people want your show. Okay. Awesome. Um, reason why I bring up Alex is Alex has gone on a hiatus for a, little, a couple months as recharging, but they might get into Helping people have a platform instead of just being a hosted show, um, okay. they might look into some sort of net, network type of thing where all you need now is a camera, microphone, and something to talk about. They will help with the rest of it. Now, if they did something like that, would you be interested in that? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. They're. Uh, it sounds is, like in a heartbeat got, for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Alex is Alex is an awesome guy. He's a professional. He's good at what he does. so And uh, yeah, 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 for sure. I, uh I, met the other, I think his
0: name's Sammy, maybe. Um, Sammy, yeah, uh, the G- CEO. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I, I did meet him and, and had a chance to, to, to spend some time with him at uh, Jeremy McKenzie's fundraiser not too long ago. So uh, he's all, also a great guy. i Lo- love to talk to him more and spend some more time with him too. So
0: Yeah, yeah that, well, may, really maybe cool. let them know that. Maybe let them know that you're yeah, interested. Yeah, I'll in reach that. out to Alex for sure. Yeah, because I was planting the seed with him because I think they would be a great place for Jeremy, me, Zach, uh, others, Alex. Well, Alex was already there, um, but to kind of be a central point for a lot of people to find us, it might be. Yeah, because... yeah, and
1: that that would be helpful for, for for a whole number of reasons, right? Get get stuff mm-hmm. together, you know. pool. pull. Pool, uh, yeah, no, I think I like that idea for
0: sure. Talk okay, well, Alex. look, look, yeah, look at the thing at the bottom of the window now. So one, two, three, four five six seven awesome. eight it's still going nine at least nine people in this chat want you to have yeah. a show
1: the internet doesn't lie so
0: well i didn't get any no's and <laughs> yeah, yeah, anybody could no, even your haters i think two of those were your haters because they want to hate you for the time you're on hey, no so problem. even your haters want you online
1: <laughs> yeah and i'll talk to anybody honestly man like it takes everybody love
0: you trolls for sure <laughs> For sure, and this is what you're doing already. You're out there media, so you may as well get in front of the camera and, and have some more, whatever it is that you want to do. And I would support it. So if you wanted to come on to announce it, or you needed a guest, or you needed to get a hold of somebody I, I've connected with, reach out. I'm happy to help. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and
1: I, I may need, may need to pick your brain here or there, just a bit of advice, or have another chat soon. It would be nice for sure.
0: Happy to, happy to. And if you appreciate continue that. to watch my shows, a lot of them are going to be around enticing and helping people get shows so you'll pick up stuff oh, even just watching my show
1: well it's, it's quite helpful just to listen to to see how different people talk and approach things and and you know i'm not I'm not an interview guy so there's stuff i need to learn but uh it's uh it's just just a few you know i've watched a few of your shows too now and, and just even today like this has been incredibly helpful we will definitely oh great uh, definitely be useful going forward right like need to get the books well, in and
0: the one tip i can give you is genuinely care Like genuinely want to talk to somebody. The hardest thing to do is to force yourself into a conversation. So be curious and want to know about that person. And then it's super easy. You just really should be okay with that. I'm so curious
1: by nature. And and like, I love people. I love talking and I want to hear their stories. Right. So often that it's, it's just the fact that I'm there. Like the people just give it to me. Right. Like if you, if you're personable and, and, and people think that you're coming in genuinely, then they, they really seem to open up
0: and they do for sure like my biggest surprise was jeremy so when i interviewed him i didn't know who i was going to get was i going to get the persona to, from rage or was i going to get the man behind rage and i got the man behind rage which was awesome because um, the other one's fun too but that's a, a yeah, two very
1: different things though yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but i got a, an awesome gentleman and we ended up spending like three and a half hours because it was just kept going and kept going um, but yeah, you got contacts like that. You can get them on, so you'll be able to do it. And on me. Yeah, maybe yeah, for we, sure. And... Maybe we'll say goodbye to the dog if you want to bring her by. Yeah, yeah, she's outside.
1: She's speaking out at a storm here. Yeah, yeah, is oh, this storm?
0: Well, let's go ahead and say goodbye. We can wrap up at this point now, unless there's anything else you yeah. wanted to announce um, or, or. Yeah,
1: anything. I think that's that's probably pretty good for today. Um, I'm sure I'll think of something later, but sorry. Right.
0: <laughs> that's always the case. Hit the yeah, chat yeah. or or that kind of thing yeah well listen chris thank you very much for this i learned a lot about you i learned that you're quite the fighter but you're also a bit of a lover that you want to have peace even with the police as they're flipping you off and stuff like that so i was really uh, i admired that and i really like the idea that you went to the church searching for something and you walked out wet after baptism and you couldn't have felt better uh that's amazing and uh, i'm very thankful that there are people like you even though you just stuck around ottawa you're fighting for us, and you're in there trying to get the information to us. You're not in there throwing fists, but you're in there taking a couple that we heard about, and uh, <laughs> and you're still here, and, and and you just brushed it off. He's like, ain't no thing. Um, so thank you very much, and yeah, thank you for taking care of Josh and team and uh, just being there. I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people around you.
1: Well, thank you so much. I was really, really happy to have this conversation, and uh, hopefully you can do one again
0: We'll make it happen for sure there, Chris. Okay. You take care, buddy. And now I got your name proper. I kept adding an R. For some reason, I kept calling you Darcy. Uh, but yeah, but A
1: few people do that. Especially the French people. The French, French people all call me Darcy. It's all good.
0: Yeah, that could be it. I have French blood, but not the tongue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there you go there, Daisy. You okay. take care, brother, and thanks a lot for your time today. Okay. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Daisy. Bye. Okay. Peace.